So this movie features some aeroplane travel, right? We got the McAllisters on a plane. Right. And I was thinking about it, and I was like, man, this would be some pretty irritating people to be seated next to on a plane. I mean, I'm the kind of guy that usually ends up getting seated with pretty cool people, but I know a lot of people that get on a flight and they end up next to snoring guy or smelly guy or sir talks a lot or whatever, right? Have you ever thought about, though, the absolute worst passenger to have seated next to you on a plane it's got to be ac slater <laughs> okay just think about it there's a little tiny airplane seats and this motherfucker is just over there trying to figure out desperately how to sit in this thing backwards how's he making that work you know like if it's just, not first class they don't have like a space in between the seats right. at all so is it like one leg is halfway over into your territory and the other one is hanging out into the aisle i think he'd have to fly first class he'd have to yeah. that's like why the leg room maybe that's why he knew like no i have to become like famous famous i can't just do like baywatch or baywatch fucking uh uh Fuck, what was Saved by the move? bell. Saved by the bell. <laughs> I can't what just was do that program? Yeah, I can't just do Saved by the Bell. I got to go on to be, you know, Access Hollywood or whatever. So yeah, I can dance uh, with so a star. Fund my first class needs so they can sit backwards in my seat. <laughs> and I'm sure to him, he thinks it's perfectly natural. And people are like, yeah, it's worth paying for first class because of the extra leg room. And he's like, yeah, I know what you mean. Leg room to put your leg around <laughs> oh. the back of the seat, right? <laughs> <laughs> I, I love that we have so many references to AC Slater, and uh, a lot of our listeners don't know who the fuck AC Slater is. <laughs> do some research, you know. <laughs> do the homework; it'll make all these jokes funnier. So just go with it. And so I do remember somebody said that they thought he was a professional wrestler. We were talking about, and it's oh, really, okay, yeah. And I was like, well, actually, he was a wrestler in the show. He got a scholarship. To Iowa that he couldn't take because his damn dad wanted him to go into the army or whatever. Man, it was a wild show. It it? was a wild show and dumb. It was really bad. (laughs) (laughs) Imagine being that poor steward is trying to deal with that. Like, sir, take your seat. Sir, Sir, could you please? uh, You're going to need to buckle your seatbelt. And he's like, don't worry. I got it. I got it. He's like buckling it around his back, yeah. like asking for help and shit. <laughs> what an idiot. <laughs> I considered another possibility, too. Okay. And I'm thinking mm-hmm. that there's like a, yeah, Saved by the Bell, like the later years kind of thing where, right. you know, Slater gets engaged and like Preppy and Screech and all them are going to take him out to a wild bachelor party, right? Ooh, all right. I think they take him to a strip club and they're like, man, we're going to get Slater a lap dance. <laughs> but then. <laughs> this work how How can you get a lap dance when you don't have a lap because you're sitting backwards in the chair is she just like working is she working on the knees what's going on (laughs) but do you think though he's sitting backwards in the chair and he looks over and he sees someone getting a lap dance and he's like she's got it right (laughs) right because he's sitting on it backwards he's just sitting there going like Dude, get out of her chair. She's yeah, trying to sit. Yeah, what are you doing? Yeah, what are you doing? She's trying That's to sit seat. there. Clearly, 
everything is confusing. Like it's so amazing to me with Slater, just like how different the world is and how confusing everything gets just by changing one simple action of <laughs> one you sit in chairs thing, backwards. Right. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe she just like does the dance, but it's like on his back and he just kind of turns around like, hey, yeah, that's pretty just, cool. Like, yeah, I was looking over I his know. shoulder like, I think this is awesome. <laughs> Tell me about it, guys. Yeah. What's going on? Because what's going on back for there? Me so I can watch it later. <laughs> Maybe he holds up a mirror so he can see. And, oh yeah. And the lady's just like, "There's a much easier solution to this, sir." <laughs> 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 the possibilities of the Slater universe, right? Wow. I yeah, I had never really considered the difficulties of being AC Slater, but yeah, it's rough. It's rough. <laughs> <laughs> All these things and more we'll be considering right. on the newest installment of, of Dead and Lovely. God, I That's hope this us. is somebody's first episode they've I ever so. listened to. Mm-hmm. Me like, too. I've heard about this horror podcast. I'll what? start with Home, Home Alone, Alone 2. <laughs> They're just talking about Slater? Yeah. Why? Is this that guitar guy from YouTube? What the yeah. fuck is going what on? What is wrong with him? <laughs> Why is he doing this? A lot. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, it's the newest installment, our wild card Christmas annual here. We're going to be talking about Ho Malone Dose Mm -hmm. here with your good buddies. It's me, your good friend, Uncle Ben. Yeah, me, Hollywood, Steve. And uh, so in the past, when we did Ho Malone, and we've talked about Ho Malone being Post Malone's uh, sister. Yeah. I, I thought a little bit further with Anna the other day about like the rest of his family. And of course, you know, you think, well, what's his mom's name? And I, Hmm. I realized like very clearly what's his mom's name. Malone. Malone. Uh Yeah. Yeah. It just makes sense. That was her. Well, that's her maiden name. Now she's mom alone. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Uh huh. What's his dad's name though? I can't really imagine like what what's a good name for Post Malone's dad? Is it pre Malone? Because like he I guess he came and I guess the Malone is now po- post Malone. Is is Malone come? Is is that is that what it is? Hmm. <laughs> Cuz he's be you might be onto something here. He's post Malone. So he's like the result of the come. Oh, you know what, though? I bet the thing is, is that his dad, you know, he wasn't really ready for a family. He's always been a loner because he Uh spent his entire life being Levi Malone. Leave him alone. (laughs) Leave him alone. (laughs) Okay, that's it. Leave him alone. Levi Malone. (laughs) (laughs) That's ridiculous. Yeah, it just makes sense. Yeah. You know, if you want to skip all this bullshit and just get to where we talk about Home Alone 2, that's your problem, but there's a timestamp for you in the podcast description if you just want to get straight on. If you're just like, God, should I watch Home Alone 2 or not? I got to hear a review. (laughs) Well, there's a timestamp for you, but we're going to do our usual bullshit and drinking some beers mm-hmm. having ourselves a good time man our, our christmas episodes we like to keep these things pretty stream of consciousness and just full of Not bullshit like because the rest of the time yeah oh yeah totally unlike <laughs> Normally our regular we got shows, really right? firm notes yeah. totally yeah, and we're very direct and get to talking about the movie uh-huh. right away no sidetracks no goose chases no uh, nothing at all but we Never you know once. we let it hang out mm-hmm. whenever it's christmas time yep. you know that's how we are <laughs> so yeah we'll just be shooting the shit with you guys hanging out having ourselves uh, a simply 
lovely Christmas time. That's right. Um, even though we just recorded a scant day ago, this is yeah. Groundhog's Day more than it's Christmas, isn't it? It is, yeah. 24 hours ago, we were just talking about El Dia de la Bestia. Uh, day <laughs> That's of the, the beast. one. Yeah. And um, I, yeah, so because of that, we haven't had a ton of time to watch stuff or whatever. But I'm guessing if you less listen to the Day of the Beast episode, there's probably a little controversy still raging in your mind. Oh, man, just a little controversy up. still raging in your mind. When Ben said that White Christmas is not a Christmas movie. I'm sure it's blowing up the internet by now, yes. I'm sure. Now, here's the thing. I had I said I had not watched White Christmas, so last night I watched White Christmas. And Ben Oh shit. I have to jump off of your side. What are you talking Come about? On, it's dude. clearly a Christmas movie. <laughs> I thought I had a fucking ally in this. You kidding me? So, I was I was really trying to be on your side too because like I told I told Emily and Anna about it and like they were both like what and then we were watching it and at first I was like yeah I guess you know there was the Christmas bit at the first but then there's you know they're just kind of prepping for a show and then it's like yeah they're prepping for a Christmas show and they keep talking about Christmas and then they have a huge Christmas show oh sure okay all right so. <laughs> The next time I see you, you better be fucking stuffing your stockings and trimming your trees and singing goddamn sisters or okay, what the fuck Okay, now ever. I didn't, I'm not going to say that I liked the movie. That for sure. Like, too many songs, way too many dance numbers. I cannot deal with that. I just can't yeah. deal with it. I, I didn't in, enjoy most of it, though, uh, you know, the the comedic timing of Bing Crosby and Danny Kaye is good. Definitely like That's my impression of him, by the it's way. It's a pretty solid impression. Uh, <laughs> I'm dead. Um but I yeah, I it really it just has a rom com plot which annoys me. It's like, oh yeah, something's gonna happen to piss off one of the people and then they're gonna go off for no reason and then be like, Oh, I had incomplete information and come back. <laughs> also, Christmas. Also, at Christmas. the bookends of the movie, start also and finish only. I, the thing I really hated about it is its fucking uh, obvious propaganda message. <laughs> like, what are you talking about? <laughs> well, I'm talking about how there's like all the army stuff, and in the army stuff, it's all about how great the general is and how they love the general and how fucking. <laughs> great generals are and then there's a song like yeah it sucks for regular soldiers but it sucks more for generals like what are we talking about here it was a different time wasn't it, it really yeah, was. yeah it was <laughs> gee i wish i was back in the army i sing that every christmas yeah i mean i think like clearly that song and the first song about generals there's like some bit of like I think originally, maybe with the songs, there's some bit of wink, wink, but it doesn't feel like they're giving it the wink, wink. Like they're going hard at it. Like, yeah, fucking, you know, the Ivy League uh, guy that told us all to go die every day. He's great. <laughs> the guy that didn't get his hands dirty and like yeah. kill tons of people like we had to. Yep. Yeah, I love the guy. He's wonderful. You know how easy it is for us out here in the world. It's think about how hard it is for him. He can't oh. be anything but a general. This guy. Poor guy. 
Yeah. He can't go shoot bullets at the strangers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they don't even want him to come back and shoot bullets. Oh, as man. As gung as he is to go to Korea. It's like, what the fuck is happening? <laughs> it's got to be awful. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. It's a terrible movie. I'm not a big fan. No, I, I wouldn't say I was a big fan. Though, I, I, you know, there's definitely some really good comedy moments in it. I can't believe you think it's a Christmas movie, dude. <laughs> I, I'll be honest with you. I I think you recognized when you said it that you're like one of the only people in the world that thinks that. Um, and I I think maybe you have seen a different White Christmas than the rest of us. It's possible. No. Yeah. No. It's a different cut where they just cut out the Christmas bits. Listen, man. I'm just I'm the only one out here that's seeing the, the, the code in the Matrix falling. Like I've taken <laughs> I've taken the pill, and I can yeah. see really what's do- going on here, man. You're dodging the bullets of White Christmas movie that you I guess are bullets that convince you it's a Christmas movie. I guess. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, okay. the bullets yeah. that I'm dodging are uh, songs like yeah, choreography. <laughs> I hated that. One I so wish much. I was back in the army and <laughs> snow and shit like that. Like, yeah, I'm dodging all the songs that are not fucking Christmas songs that are infesting yeah. this movie. Well, and the thing I think the thing is is I've said before that I don't like musicals, and then like we've got done musicals and I love them. And it's like, I think it's a very particular type of musical. I don't like, and that is the musical with the flimsiest pretext of a story mm-hmm. to just mm-hmm. get to musical numbers or dance numbers. Okay. I'm, yeah. I'm you want a little foreplay this. in there, huh? I need a lot of foreplay. Yeah. I need it to be playing a four <laughs> and a one and a two and yeah, a three and a four play a mm-hmm. one and a two and a three and a four play. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I get it. I get it. I see. All right, well, I thought I had an ally, but that's a little disappointing to hear. I at least know, you don't I'm like sorry. it. That's cool, I guess. Yeah, that is good. That's good, at least. <laughs> Somebody out there is going to agree with me, and they're going to be my new best friend. Yeah, yeah. I, and, like, I, I, I'm I, wondering if the debate, because, like, you know, the episode still isn't up until tomorrow. I'm wondering if it is going to be, like, a big raging debate, or if people are going to be like, eh, I didn't even, I don't care. <laughs> I don't care about what Christmas what if it turns out that I'm the only one that's been fucking brave enough to break the silence? Wow. And tell the truth as it really is. Yeah. Let's say, I can hypothetically, imagine. White Christmas wasn't really about Christmas at all. Oh, no. <laughs> you know? Yeah. <laughs> you going into Ben Shapiro mode? Uncle Ben Shapiro over here. <laughs> Kate was just sitting sitting on the couch and suddenly felt her pussy just completely dry up. It's like the Sahara. Like the Sahara. And she was like, oh, he's doing his Ben Shapiro impression again. (laughs) (laughs) Let's just say hypothetically, it was a dry ass pussy. A dap, dap, dap. (laughs) Oh, man. (laughs) So what have you been up to in the past 24 hours? Dude, I have been making a new enemy. This is oh. kind of a new thing for me because I okay. don't have a whole lot of uh, a lot of natural enemies out there. But dude, right. there is a new person going to the same gym that I go to that has just been the bane of my existence. Like, oh no, I've been so stoked because my gym going experience has been so inconsistent over the past like month or so. Right. Honestly, since about Halloween. And I'm like, you know, man, I'm taking this little sabbatical from teaching. I'm going to be able to get back in the gym and do some work and all that. I'm really excited about it. So uh-huh. I went like Monday, I went Tuesday. And both days, there is some chick that's around my age that's uh-huh. going to the gym at the same time that I have been there uh-huh. that does not know the definition of 
any sort of etiquette whatsoever. And oh, I'm not I talking about this. those like, dude, and I'm not even talking about those like super esoteric, like gym rules kind of thing. Mm-hmm. No, dude, this fucking bitch has never heard of fucking headphones. Oh, no. She, dude, no. She brings in like one of those huge like Bluetooth brick stereos and pumps music so fucking loud. It's like louder than the gym music. Jesus it's like Christ. bleeding into my headphones if I'm even in the room. Uh, like, what the fuck are you thinking? I listen. I, I like am fully committed to building a home gym because I'm so tired of everybody else at the gym. Like, <laughs> I just can't deal with it anymore. Like, what the fuck? Why? What happened? What how ha- I guess during the pandemic everybody just lost any sense of how to be a human. But like I wondered if that was what was going on there, yeah. man. But you know, honestly, this is how you become that guy you talked about last week that was dragging a refrigerator down your street. Right. This is how you become that guy. You're like, I gotta work out with something. I got this fridge, it's heavy as hell, I guess. Fridge. Yeah. No, I, I seriously like I think one of the last times I went to my gym in Knoxville, there was a a guy who I I couldn't tell how many exercises he was going through, but he had a like printed out list, and I think it was just every <laughs> known exercise. And he <laughs> he had like I'm not kidding you, he had ten sets of dumbbells, and and he was using four stations of the gym. The man, the single man, took up two thirds of the gym. But he had like taken them off the rack, like yeah, these yeah, are my like property. they were all, yeah, yeah, like they were all sitting, and and oh, and he was fucking curling in the squat rack, and I wanted to Come punch him so off, goddamn man. hard. Like, what? Do you, why are you? You don't need to be here. You don't need it's to his be gym, here. dude. Yeah, it's totally mm. his gym. What if it turns out though, you went over there and you looked at his like big list of instructions that he had? Uh huh. And you like take a close look, and it turns out he had printed out map quest instructions of how to get <laughs> to fitness. <laughs> and he's just misinterpreting it all. He's like, I think taking a right on Main Street is curls. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, no, I I understand your gym uh, enemy because I I've had several in my time. <laughs> I just don't get how you think that that is not phenomenally rude like it is i've, I've it been is to the gym rude. yeah like super 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 late at night if i go to the gym at like 11 30 mm-hmm. and nobody is there then yeah sure. sure i'll play my phone on speaker and i'll fucking sing backup vocals to the music i'm listening to and shit if no one is there sure and i'm talking like it's not like it was just me and her there it was me her and like six other people so she's, she's like i know what we're listening to seven other people and dude the thing is is like you know man i have like fucking i have perfect pitch and synesthesia and shit uh-huh. and you've got gym music and her personal music playing oh, that's at the same fucking crazy. time no i couldn't do it dude i don't i don't fucking get it it's like yeah. is this is this a, like a candid camera like prank <laughs> is this what's going on here it may have been like that was like she was like doing a prank on all y'all to see if somebody would say something uh i'll tell you this i would have said something it did i didn't check to see if she was ashton kutcher (laughs) i am not i don't keep my mouth shut at the gym i will fucking tell you like what the fuck man honestly 
I'm getting to the point where I'm like, okay, two out of two days I've seen this person, they've been doing it. I'm, yeah. I'm thinking third third time. Third strike, you're probably out. Yeah. I'm probably going to make an issue out of this. The Y that I used to work out at, there would be like kids that would come down to I remember you talking the about gym. them. And it Ew. was like, they weren't supposed to be there. You had to be 14 to be in this part of the gym. But they'd come down there and they'd just be like running around and shit. And it's like, motherfucker, I'm dead lifting 400 pounds. I can't have you like running around and trip and knock me the fuck over. Like, <laughs> yeah, so you like blow a kidney out or something. Yeah, like one time I, I was on the floor like doing uh uh uh, uh fucking chest flies, uh, and a kid started climbing the rope that seriously was two feet away from my head. Like if he fell off the rope, he falls onto me directly onto fucking me, and it's, <laughs> I yelled at him. I was like, "What the fuck are you doing?" <laughs> and he just stood there and like had a stupid look on his face, I guess, because like an adult had never said to him, what the fuck are you doing? But I said, what the fuck are you doing? And he just stood there stupid. And I was like, don't stand there staring at me. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> and he did. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> anyway, I'm an asshole at the gym, it seems. <laughs> <laughs> well, I wish you were around to help me cope with this situation. Yeah, sure. It's driving me fucking would, insane, man. I definitely would be like, what the fuck are you doing? Are you I serious? <laughs> Seriously. Like I said, one more time, I'm probably going to hit a breaking point. Ugh. The worst. Um, other than that, though, like I've, I've watched a Christmas movie or two uh, over the past week or so, man. We have just been watching some of our old classics. Uh, we watched Scrooge with old William Murray. Uh-huh. Okay. Great one. Which, of course, is a jam. It's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Watched it a couple weeks ago. Always good. Um, uh-huh. And Elf, little Will Ferrell joint you okay. might have heard of. Yeah, little Elf. Always a big fan of that one. That's a, mm-hmm. a must-watch for me. But there's still a whole lot of yeah Christmas joints I've not watched yet. Watched Home Alone again, of course, oh, to get yeah, ready for yeah. today's episode. So uh-huh. watch that one. But there's still a whole bunch of Christmas classics that I've not gotten around to yet. What about you? You got some more on your to-watch list? Uh, well, yeah. Like I mean, we we've done a lot of them. We we did Home Alone and and all sorts of other stuff around Thanksgiving uh because you know we didn't know when all of our stuff would get here and didn't know when we'd be able to watch christmas movies or whatever so now that we have our stuff um yeah there's still some on the list that i definitely want to get to mostly horror movies i haven't watched krampus i haven't watched black christmas i haven't watched um you know we talked about rare exports last week i haven't you know haven't watched um any of the the big horror christmas horror movies that i like to watch every year so i want to get on that um in the upcoming weeks word man are there any other like christmas traditions you've not gotten to partake in yet like i had this whole idea that i was like man i'm gonna i'm gonna bake a a bunch of fun traditional christmas cookies and stuff okay of course i've not done any of that shit i made checks mix for the first time the other day which of course is the best mix but past that i've not gotten to do a whole lot of yeah like any kind of holiday baking or any fun shit like right. that have you yeah yeah well you know i talked about uh on the episode uh that we recorded yesterday that we did we made some christmas cookies um oh yeah that's right we're gonna whenever we're done recording this we're gonna set up the tree and stuff and start, we've kind of a little started decorating we started hanging some lights uh man i'll tell you this like i love christmas lights and i i think we should just have we should just have strings of lights up throughout the year for each different you can do season that. yeah absolutely you can definitely do that yeah because they're so fun like it really just improves the mood of whatever room or whatever it's in i tend to agree yeah 
So other than that, no, I mean, uh, you know, uh, Anna's got a birthday coming up and then Emily has a birthday coming up. So we got some uh, birthday party plans. But as far as Christmas goes, we're just going to be watching movies. And uh, I am going to make a, a little bit of a Christmas dinner since we didn't get to have a full Thanksgiving dinner. So we're going to do true. like a, you know, do do a, a bigger dinner and have some nice food and just chill. It's going to be fun. Okay, that sounds pretty good, man. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm kind of hoping that I get to enjoy the uh, the traditional Christmas feast and stuff like we usually yeah. do over at Kate's parents' house. Because if right. you remember, last year I was uh-huh. uh, dealing with horrific food poisoning. I do remember that. <laughs> yep. Man, that's not a fun way to spend Christmas. I'll tell no, you that. it's not. No, just hanging out at the toilet, not fun. No. <laughs> it wasn't great. It wasn't great at all because I, I usually get really well. I always get really excited about like their their family feast with prime rib and yeah. baked potatoes I, and all kinds wouldn't? of great stuff. Yeah. I just went over there and I just looked at food and I was like, I'm nauseous. <laughs> <laughs> this is the worst. Yeah, yeah that it was not exactly very festive, man. Yeah. I'm about to uh, get me a taste of this co-beer here. How about it, that, man? I got myself yeah. a co-beer here as well, one that I've been saving for a Christmas episode because it is a Prairie Artisan Ales Christmas Bomb. It is the Christmas Whoa. version of the prairie uh bomb uh-huh. uh, imperial stout that we've had before which is fucking amazing and uh this is imperial stout brewed with spices i hope that it's got um let's see onion powder yeah garlic uh-huh. powder That's maybe some tarragon in there yep tarragon that'll fucking really amp up a winter ale it's got a lot of alcohol and it has 13 pr- apparently 13 percent of this bottle is alcohol <laughs> apparently that's inter- I never thought of it that way. That's it's what they say. <laughs> if what I read is true, then yeah. What <laughs> yeah. you got? Uh, I have a Bowie Beer Company Cream Ale. They're, this is a local, well, kind of local, Astoria, Oregon. Um, I've I've been running through Breakside Brewing's uh, IPAs. And let me tell you, Breakside makes good IPAs. Ooh, you don't so, say. Yeah, if you ever get um access to breakside in the area definitely try it out the i love the rainbows and unicorns but i i've tried a lot of good ipas from breakside in the past couple weeks my favorite sports team is the breakside tigers (laughs) with slater and preppy and screen i almost just like shot beer out of my nose (laughs) (laughs) this is a good beer by the way (laughs) yeah this christmas bomb is fucking amazing oh my god dude it is so dark and rich but it has all these like christmas cake taste and flavors in there a lot of cinnamon some nutmeg some clove Mm -hmm. dude it is fucking good also i have no idea how 13 percent of my glass i'm holding is alcohol (laughs) i got no clue man that's the best i i i I do think like this cream ale i'm having like it always happens when i try a cream ale there's in my brain there's like this desire for it to be super creamy and they never really are like i don't know what what would make that work in any way like to just add some lactic acid or something to it or whatever but like they're never like super creamy to me they're just kind of taste like a solid ale Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah totally i like a good cream ale that's not like a very common style to see at like breweries and shit yeah but whenever you find a good one, it's pretty fucking lovely. Hell yeah. 
Well, that is a delight. We are enjoying ourselves some very lovely beers here on this show, and I hope you guys are cracking a code one as well, unless you're driving a car or a Zeppelin. Oh, yeah. Don't drive a Zeppelin while cracking a cold one. I know, right? I, I guess. Is that... Wait, would that be... How did Zeppelins work? And why did I'm they go really away? Sure. I really want to ride one. <laughs> Dude, for real. Because I know when you say Zeppelin, you think about, oh, the humanity and the flames right. and, and all that jazz. But, like, was there a period of safe and effective and maybe affordable yeah. zeppelin travel because that would be was. fucking awesome dude yeah it is absolutely safe like that the the hindenburg was a, a fluke but it's like it's almost i i really don't know enough about the situation but it seems like some sort of weird propaganda where they were just like uh i don't want people using balloons we want them to use planes so we'll focus real hard on this. You think big plane had something to do with that? Yeah. Big plane, yeah. I'm thinking the, the the aviation industry. They were like, balloons are out, planes are mm. in. <laughs> we gotta break Make your knees. Associate. I want whenever people think about a zeppelin, I want them to think about Nazis and uh-huh. fire, Nazis, and fire Nazis. And then Led Zeppelin came along, and they were like, God damn it, <laughs> they the made luck- it cool again. Yeah. Luckily, nobody connected the two. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Yeah, but yeah, dude, that would be fucking rad. Like, imagine you're like, oh yeah, I'm going to New York via Zeppelin. I'm It'd flying on a huge yeah. balloon. Mm-hmm. There, it's listen. Tons of different alternate universes always have Zeppelins. It's like, it's kind of like the one thing that people think of. Like, where did those go? But we never really like follow up to the point of like, you know, what? we should bring them back. Maybe we bring him back, dude. Let's do it. Let's go on Shark Tank. Yeah. Yeah. We're bringing it back. <laughs> what if we Cuban's should like rebrand it? Like change the name? Because there is such a strong association with, you know, Nazis and fire when you say Zeppelin. Yeah. Like maybe we should change the name. We'll come yeah. up with something for sure. Yeah, Zeppelin definitely. And, and, you know, but it starts with a Z and the kids love Zs, it's right? It's cool. Yeah. 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 Uh, what if we call, oh, a Z plane. What if we call it that? That's cool, man. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Everybody's going to get right. into that. Yeah, I would. I'd hop aboard. <laughs> I'm taking a Z plane to uh, New York. And everybody See, that just sounds like, fancy. Fancy. Wow. I want to do He's that. He's a part of that jet set. <laughs> but the, but not a jet. The other thing. <laughs> He's, what is okay? This boy. is how we differentiate. Yeah, I was gonna say it's like we have the jet set back uh-huh. in the day. Well, now we have the balloon bunch. <laughs> the balloon bunch. Yeah, that's or, good. You know what? Let's get more friendly. The floaty folk. Huh? <laughs> I think. Okay. Yeah, floaty folk. I like that. That's the gassy fun. gang. You know. All right. Now that's gonna get a little bit misinterpreted. I think. Yeah. Gassy gang. Okay. Yeah, because yeah. of the farts. Oh, right. Yeah. right that's yeah. a bit of a problem. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's such You're- a shame because that's just one kind of gas. There's so many other gases. It's true. Yeah. Yeah. Good point. We associate gas with either butts or your car, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's you know, you're breathing one right now. Gas all up in you. That's right. That's right. So... There we go. We're just changing minds all over this podcast, dude. We are. People are really like listening and they're going, you know what? Yeah, Zeppelins. I'm cool with it. Yeah. And they're going, you know what? Maybe White Christmas isn't a fucking Christmas movie after all. (laughs) I I hope you've convinced somebody. Yeah. I hope so. And now people are also thinking about, you know, situations where Slater might need to sit down. 
Oh yeah, yeah. No people. I assume people have been thinking about that for the better part of the year. Yeah, right? since yeah. we've been talking about it, right, which has exactly. been a long time. Uh huh. We've been blowing the lid off of AC Slater and his eccentricities. <laughs> Do you think he started playing drums because he looked at the drum throne and he's like, not confusing? Yeah. Look, hey, you just sit on it. You're always front and back. Either way. (laughs) No wrong way to do this one. Ah, I guess I'll play (laughs) drums. This makes sense to me. What does a bench really perplex him or does he just sit sideways on it? Maybe, you know what? Okay, here's another thing, too. Maybe he initially got into playing music by playing, like, violin when he was a kid, and he was, like, a prodigy, and they're like, oh, you're going to become first chair, A.C. Slater. Uh-huh. And he, he showed up in the orchestra, and he took that first chair, but, of course, he slated it. Yeah. And they're I like, mean, unacceptable. You may not be a part of the orchestra. Well, yeah, yeah. No, orchestras can't have cool people in them. Yeah, yeah, because he's either... <laughs> sitting backwards on it yeah and you know looking a fool or the chair is still facing the right way he's sitting backwards on it and he's like bowing the person next to him in the face oh you can't have that no 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 yeah Mm -hmm. okay all right no i see why ac slater lost his position as first chair in the orchestra that makes sense yeah. Okay. Now that I'm talking about this shit and mm-hmm. I have the ear of, I, I know several musicians that listen to this show. Okay. I'm putting this out there as a point of interest, but also maybe somebody can fucking help me because this has been driving me insane lately. Oh, okay. What is it? The guitar, the bass. Uh huh. Some of the only instruments that are commonly offered in a left handed version. Oh, okay. Like, have you ever seen a fucking left handed piano? Is that a thing? Fuck no, it's not a thing. Why would it be a thing, though? You still use your left hand on a piano. Yeah, exactly. And here's the thing. Why is a left or right-handed instrument a thing at all? Neither of your hands is good at playing an instrument when you start. So who the fuck cares? But somehow or another, we started catering to left-handed guitar players and being like, oh, you need this specialized thing that you're going to have trouble finding at a store and you're probably going to pay more money for it because there's just not that many of them so you can play with your fucked up left hand. You're fucked I play guitar up with both hands. <laughs> but like, you know, I, I have seen like one or two people play violin or fiddle the other way around. It okay. is phenomenally uncommon. Yeah. But with guitar, we just decided there's going to be a left-handed version, too. Why the fuck? <laughs> I think I think maybe because it's really not that complicated to make it. I guess. <laughs> and, like, there are a bunch of left-handed people who probably would prefer to use their dominant hand for the, the more intricate element, right? I mean, I don't know which is the more intricate element. Is picking harder than, than fingering? So that's the thing, too, is like yeah. even among right-handed players that play right-handed, yeah. there are certain people that have more trouble with their picking hand than their fretting hand, which is their non-dominant uh-huh. hand. Huh. Like, it's different from player to player anyway. So it's okay. not like, oh, everybody that plays guitar right-handed that's a righty has an easy time with their picking hand. It's their dominant hand. Huh. No, not really at all. Huh. I just don't see the point, or do I know the purpose of this? Like, I don't know why this is the one instrument that is commonly offered for both hands. I mean, I'd say, like, a lot of them just use both hands anyway. So you don't, like, I mean, drumming or any sort of, like, 
woodwind or brass instrument or whatever. You're going to be right. using both hands. So how would there even be a right or left version? Couldn't tell you. I don't know. I'm seeking answers. Okay. Okay. So if somebody's got them, let me fucking know, because I'm just confused as hell about the entire thing. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, yeah. All right. So basically, if you know why left-handed uh, guitars exist, I, I feel like it probably is just a person being like, I'm left-handed. It would be easier if my guitar was the other way. I think they're wrong. I think they're blaming their problems on the wrong fucking thing. I think they should have practiced. <laughs> That's what I think. That's a good point, I guess. They okay, here's the thing. Being I know that that sounds like an asshole thing to say, but right. I have I have taught tons of kids yeah. over the years that are dominantly left-handed how to play guitar right-handed. Oh, okay. like. I've had parents come to me and be like, hey, you know, little Jimmy wants to start playing guitar. He's left-handed. Should he buy a left-handed guitar? And I've been like, no, just get a right-handed guitar. It'll make his life so much better. He can go in guitar stores and try stuff out. He can jump on stage and play anybody else's instrument. I get what you're Both of Johnny's hands suck anyway. Okay, so like, yeah. So like, yes, because a left-handed guitar is going to be more rare. It's going to be harder for them to just jump in or whatever. Okay. Yeah. Well, it, it bums me out because, like, over the summer, whenever I was at Sweetwater doing a bunch of filming, um, I was with uh, my good buddy Nick Bocott, the legendary Nick Bocott from uh-huh. Grim Reaper and so much of metal history and stuff. That guy rules. He's awesome. Okay. But we were taking a look at, like, the used guitar room and stuff there. He's like, oh, yeah, let's go check it out and see if they got anything cool. And I'm looking around the store and I'm like, man, this really sucks for Nick. Like, he can't play any of these guitars. Like, all the guitars they had were right-handed guitars. And it's like, uh-huh. this has to suck to walk into the store and be like, can't play that, can't play that. That's cool. Can't play that one. Like, that blows. Yeah, it does. For sure. Good point. Uh, but listen, I am I'm, uh, I guess if I were left-handed, I'd be convinced. So what I'm really saying at the end of the day here is that the left-hand path is indeed the sinister path. What? Burn them. Wait, what? <laughs> okay, that was a little bit of a leap, but you know, there, there's a few more steps in between what I'm saying and the burn them part. You'll get it. I'll go into detail later. Is the them the guitars or the people? Yes. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> It'll make sense later. I'll, I'll explain off here. Ben begins his weird Hitlerian quest to end left-handedness. <laughs> it's just superfluous, okay? <laughs> Do we need it? I don't know. I, I mean, I think, you know, they, they, the same argument can be made that right-handed guitar shouldn't exist and only left-handed guitar should exist. Mm, I don't know about that now, Buster. I don't know about that. <laughs> Because yeah. I'm just following the classical tradition where the left hand is on the strings, pushing them down, mashing on them, and mm-hmm. the right hand is the one that's doing the plucking or bowing or whatever. I'm doing it right. Oh, okay. Because of tradition. Yeah. Because tradition. Exactly. Uh-huh. And if you do things the way they've always been done, it means that you're doing them right. Yep. And it makes it perfect. And This is the way. No, Nothing could ever go wrong. Yeah, exactly. Because the first way you did it usually is the right way to do it. <laughs> right? <laughs> Yeah, that's how history has shown. History has shown that the right way to do things is never changed. Tradition. I'm doing the fiddlers on the roof. Tradition. Yeah. Tradition. (laughs) You know, speaking of tradition, I say we partake in a little 
dead and lovely tradition right here and maybe just uh, take a little detour into that preview palace, Steve. Welcome to the preview palace. Oh, dude. I'll mm-hmm. tell you what. This here movie, it don't feature any kind of wet-ass bandits, some no. wabs, no. as they've become known over the years. Mm-hmm. Wab, wab, wab. Some wet-ass <laughs> wet bandits. Bandit. <laughs> uh-huh. This features some sabs, doesn't it? It's got some sticky-ass bandits, for sure. Mm-hmm. It sure does, man. They are they are sticky. Well, it's really only one of them in, in a way that doesn't have any relevance whatsoever to the plot right. of the movie. And- it also doesn't make any sense because, like, they were just in the back of a fish truck, and now they're w- walking up out of a subway, and he somehow has a thing of tape, and for some reason, like, does what? <sighs> we'll get to the movie. We'll get to the movie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll talk about that. But you know what? I want to talk about first. I want to talk about maybe some of the other stickiest people through history steve some sticky ass <laughs> Stick, people stickiest sap people because i'll tell you what steve this is not an isolated incident there have been many sticky people throughout fact and fishing 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 through the years mm-hmm. fact and fishing people that fish are often sticky right Let's yeah start there. i that's the, everybody knows that you touch a fish it's sticky <laughs> or maybe I meant like nuclear fission, where they're sticking oh, together. It well, was intentional. Okay. Take that, yeah. people who doubted Ben. Or fission, right? <laughs> so Bill talking, Nye, suck my dick. We're talking stickiest people, and obviously, well, I think it's sticky people. First thing I think of is that little poo bear. He gets okay, all that honey man. all over his face. Sticky. Listen, all that honey, all that fur... All that body mass. Uh-huh. That's a sap for sure. <laughs> that is a sticky ass person there. That's gotta be highly annoying. Can you imagine having your entire body be covered with dense fur and then willingly because Just of your jump into gluttony. Yeah. Yeah, dude. In life. In life. He liked honey and didn't wear <laughs> pants. <laughs> Yeah, like he's. This is a Cinnabot in the works for sure, sure. right? Yeah, because he must be into it. Because like, if he's not wearing pants, that means honey's falling on his dick, and oh, that means he's, he's honey into like, yeah. yeah, he's a honey dicker. Everybody knows mm-hmm. about honey dicking. Yeah, mm-hmm. and so maybe that, that's his entire ploy. Is like, oops, I've spilled honey on my penis. <laughs> I love your Pooh Bear impression. <laughs> <laughs> that's him as a Sternobot. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I bet if you took that shirt off, he's got like fucking uh flayed skin and like nipple chains and the whole oh, nine yards, sure. I bet you. Yes, nipple chains for sure on Pooh Bear. <laughs> <laughs> Our logic goes because he likes honey, he must be a Cenobite, is what we're saying. <laughs> That's how it goes. If it's it's the it's a slippery slope, the it is. Like, just you, you one start wrong move. Pe- <laughs> eating honey straight out of the jar with your hand to you know what i'd like (laughs) nipple chains (laughs) endless pain and pleasure intertwined (laughs) it makes sense for sure um the the, uh, so we started our our list of stickiest people of course with a bear uh (laughs) and might as well then move on to another type of uh animal uh, insect man Spider-Man. <laughs> transition. <laughs> yeah, I know how to transition. 
Dude, that was smooth, man. <laughs> I know. That was really smooth. Okay, here's the thing. Yeah, so depending on what mythology of Spider-Man right. you're following... Sure, yeah. He can stick to a wall and so forth, just like a spider can. Yeah. But in one of the movies, I think it's one of the the Daniel Tobey Maguire ones, it does this like zoom in on his hands, like on his skin, and it shows he's got little razor looking fucking hairy things coming out of his skin that I guess are what like hooks him onto the wall and shit, right? Right. I'm just saying, we need a cut scene Uh of the first time after he'd been bitten by that radioactive spider Uh that this guy goes... To fucking jerk one off. Oh, I thought. Okay, you were... and he's like, ah, ah. <laughs> I thought you were gonna say the first time he goes to like uh, rub on uh, Mary Jane. You know, she's okay. just like, yeah. what the fuck? Ah! <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he he had to have just fucking like degloved his dick the first time, yeah. right? Yeah, he's just like, all right, Peter, time for a little alone time. Just get my stuff ready and pull the old penis out. Rip. Ah! <laughs> Hands on the face, Kevin McAllister. Ah! Yeah. And then he rips off his face. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to think now if I have seen any any bulge in that spider suit. That's a good point. Maybe he, yeah, maybe he learned his lesson real early on. Like, he might oh, have just shit. fucking ripped, ripped that off. thing up by the roots. Mm-hmm. So it can't grow back. Yeah. <laughs> More like Stubby Man, you know? <laughs> stubby Man, Stubby Man. Ripped off his dick with his spider hands. I've never seen it, so... It's true. It's true. I had to be a rough time, man. That had to be a real rough time. Yeah. Who? Who's a sticky-ass person you want to talk about? Okay, so here's one that I was thinking about, and this mm-hmm. is maybe an unorthodox choice, but just hear me out, man. Okay. Because I know that you've been um, you've been in a situation where you might have sorted out some sticky ass, dank, sticky, sticky. Oh yeah, definitely. Marijuana uh-huh. with your fingertips. Mm-hmm. Just imagine if you were made of weed and you lived in a trash can. I'm talking about Oscar the Grouch. <laughs> He is he made was, of weed, isn't he? He is made of weed, I guess. Yeah, that's the only explanation. So you've got the weed man who lives in a trash can, but he's always grumpy. Probably because he can't smoke weed because it's him. <laughs> I can't get addicted. It's me. <laughs> I'll end up smoking myself. Uh, yeah, he because he does like pop up out of the trash can with like a banana peel on his head and shit all the time. It's like, sure, banana peels don't just stick to your head. He Not must typically. be sticky. He's made of that resinous shit, you know. <laughs> He's a sticky icky though, so that's pretty good. Like, I mean, that's kind of cool. He probably make yeah. a lot of friends. I bet he would be grouchy, you know, because everybody you think is your friend is also trying to smoke you. Now, here's the question. Okay. Is Sesame Street in New York City? I don't know if they've ever said where Sesame Street is. I don't know. Maybe. Who knows? But if it was in New York City, uh huh. weed is legal, but being oh. homeless isn't. Oh, shit. Wait, so what are the they'd cops come do to arrest guy? him for being homeless, but then he'd be like, but I'm weed, so I'm legal. And they'd be like, oh, fuck, oh. what do we do here? This is a, what is it, an unstoppable force meets an immovable object, for sure. 
Yeah, you just see some cop brains explode. Okay, I kind of support it. It's interesting. Let's try that. (laughs) He's got to be sticky for sure. Yeah. Here's one that I want to know about, man. How much fucking degreasing cleanup do you think was needed after that big old shunting party in society? (laughs) I mean, those people were sticky as fuck to the point of fully like immersing each other together into a big shunt pile. I mean, we have to do society. How many fucking times have we talked about society on the show? Like, actually done it? Yeah, that's a good yeah, point. Yeah, I think at this point, if you <laughs> compiled clips of us talking about society, you it would probably episode. be an entire, yeah, like two hour episode of the show. <laughs> it's true. It's true. You, God, it is Somebody weird. should do that. I if they If you do it and send it to me, I will post it. <laughs> for real, right? Yeah, the shunting, though, they yeah, it looks sticky. sticky as fuck for sure. Because, like, the way their I think skin it's not just kind of, like, immediately comes together. Ugh, yuck. Ugh, man, dude. I'm telling you. Can you imagine, like, you roll the dice and it's like, oh, it's your turn It's your turn to host the shunting. And it's <laughs> oh, like, God damn it. damn it. I just had uh, the fucking rugs cleaned. Well, I mean, speaking of sticky cleanup, you imagine all the cum and ectoplasm that Dan Aykroyd had to clean up after that ghost sucked his dick in Ghostbusters? Okay, let's definitely talk about that, right? Okay. Because here's <laughs> the thing. Okay, he got a blowjob from a ghost in right. a kid, kid's movie, I guess. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so did. we've seen the effects of getting slimed. Right. They are gooey. Ectoplasm leaves behind a residue. Uh-huh. So he's definitely got that going on mm-hmm. anyway. Yeah. Maybe maybe ectoplasm is great lube. I don't know. Yeah, I mean it's not seems, interested in finding out. It seems to be kinda sticky, but also kinda goopy. So but what happens when it combines with cum? Like I mean okay. I, I think the that thing might that I'm form a super material of some sort. It could. I'm I'm figuring this out as I go through this, and this is just gonna get way too graphic. So oh, bear good. with me. Good. <laughs> Cause initially and okay, here's the first time I've ever thought about this. I've been alive for 38 years. <laughs> All right. Didn't start thinking about this until today. Okay. But whenever <laughs> whenever Ray stands is getting a blowjob from a ghost and, uh-huh. and, and he shoots, I was like, I guess it, he'd just be just shooting off into nothing because it's a ghost. Right. It seems like it'd just go directly through. Right. But at the same time, if this thing is corporeal enough to suck his dick... Right. Okay. Something so is making contact. There is some solidity there. So okay. do go swallow. <laughs> I don't know. Unsolved mysteries over here, right? I mean, we see his eyes cross, but we don't see a spectral head come up. So I'm guessing so. What was that ghost? Like, okay. What was that ghost? What, what was, was its it? motivation? It was like, ooh, this guy busts ghosts. I'm going to blow him. <laughs> what? It's <laughs> a weird thing to... Because it's invisible. Like, we just see his belt undo. Uh-huh. Like, we don't... Was it a, a fucking supermodel ghost? Or was it like the ghost of uh, Duke the Dumpster Drossy? <laughs> I imagine you know? if you asked Ray Stans, he'd just be like, hey, it's all the same in the dark. Right, right. it's all the same. Ray Stans is pansexual. (laughs) Sure, more like Ray Pans. (laughs) Actually, maybe probably to come back with this. It's all the same when they're dead. 
Oh, <laughs> uh, turns out he's a necrophile. <laughs> oh, I guess that pan, is necrophilia, right? <laughs> sure. Yeah. What? Which makes him a panecrophile. There's necrophilia in a movie that we all uh, really enjoyed as kids in the 80s. <laughs> all right. I think there's a there's a deleted scene where he's like, they're all pink in the afterlife. Oh, yuck. <laughs> mm, yucky, Ray. Yucky. <laughs> He's got let's some crazy ideas. Mo- let's move on from all that sex talk to Jim from American Pie after he fucked that pie. I bet he was all sticky. Dude, I'm telling you, there's some mm-hmm. syrup in a pie. Yeah, imagine right. if it had been a pecan pie. Now, that would have been oh. a royal mess. You know, and I don't think that'd even be pleasant. Yeah, I, uh, Of all the pies to fuck, pecan is not up there on the list, I don't think. You don't want anything now, with like hard goddamn. shards in it. No, you don't. And now, yeah. like, goddamn you for making my mind connect <laughs> fucking neurons and synapses that have never been connected for and actually made me reasonably consider what would be the most fuckable pie. <laughs> me too. I'm, like, thinking something like a pumpkin pie would be pleasant, but it's not firm enough, you know, for really... There's not enough resistance there. Right? <laughs> So then I'm like, I mean, yeah, I'm thinking about like, oh, like I love buttermilk pie. That's a Southern tradition. But again, yeah. not enough resistance. Not really. enough resistance. Yeah, you need you need something. I mean, maybe a cheesecake. I know they call it cake, but it's a pie. Maybe a cheesecake would be the most fuckable. But I don't know. I've had some pretty firm cheesecakes. It'd have to be one of those like jiggly like cheesecakes. Ooh, one of those like Japanese ones, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So a Japanese jiggly <laughs> cheesecake is the most fuckable pie. Do you think whenever you're fucking the Japanese jiggly cheesecake, it has the, the sensor blur over it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It blurs your dick, <laughs> for sure. Yeah. <laughs> there are people listening right now who don't know that in Japanese porn you can't show genitals. <laughs> it's funnier when you explain the joke. Yeah, it is, yeah. <laughs> So yeah, Jim's I mean, dick I, real, real sticky. I bet. I think that is okay. A chicken pot pie is warm, and that has some firmness to it. Oh yeah, but that's dead yeah. animal parts, and that it seems is, black metal as fuck. It, but you also, what if you get a green bean up the dick? You know, oh uh, well, or a pepper flake or something. Maybe awful. you're into that though. Maybe you like a green bean up the dick. Ooh. Maybe chicken. Uh, the the chicken pot pie is the best thing to fuck if you like some sort of uh, penile penetration. I think that this is some kind of weird fucked up Bluebeard story about Gonzo, where Gonzo is <laughs> <laughs> fucking chicken pot pies in the back room, and Camilla finds out one day after he's told her not to go in that room. <laughs> It's not blue beard, it's blue nose, I guess. <laughs> she's she's just, she's shocked, but she's so in love with him that she's like, baby, I won't tell anybody. <laughs> oh, my God. Most fuckable pies. That's a good question. What is this show? We've almost done know. 300 episodes. Who listens to this? Who has listened to every know. episode of the show? I was thinking about this earlier today. I was like, somebody out there. I mean, the same way that we talk about how, like, somebody out there has eaten more mayonnaise than anybody on Earth and right. they don't even know it. Yep. Somebody has listened to every episode of this. Absolutely. No, I, I think so. several people have. Uh, more more than a couple, I would say, for sure. So, yeah. Amazing. Amazing. They probably Seek know help. more about the dumb shit we've talked about than we do. <laughs> probably. Yeah. Yeah. They were probably more sober listening to it For than we sure. were making it. So 
absolutely. <laughs> There's no. So, they probably listen to us talking about fucking pies, and they're like, they've talked about this already. Absolutely. I was gonna say maybe we've done this before. Ben likes blueberry, and Steve likes cherry. We've covered oh, this. Oh fuck yeah, cherry pie. Yeah, no, good point. Sorry, that is the perfect one. I guess past me knew it. <laughs> what if it turns out that that's what that's what Warrant was really singing about back in the day? <laughs> Fucking actual cherry pies. <laughs> yeah, like they're trying to tell you, like, oh, this is the best pie to fuck <laughs> for sure. You ever tried cherry pie? Oh, Madon, you, you're gonna think they're not gonna give enough resistance, but they do. They do. <laughs> <laughs> little ice cream on top, you little hot and cold action. Oh, it's heaven. <laughs> Turns out, not innuendo whatsoever. I've turned okay. around. This is the best podcast ever. <laughs> yeah, sure. You know what? I get now. I'm like, why hasn't everybody listened to every episode? For sure. What's wrong with the rest of them? <laughs> now I'm also thinking about other yeah food, hard rock, sex lyrics. Like, uh, do you know the ACDC song "Let Me Put My Love in You"? Yes. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> Which, by the way, reminds me, I saw this fucking tweet earlier that was like, ACDC songs used to be titled, Getting Hard for Sex, and boomers are like, <laughs> back in the day, nobody knew what this was about. <laughs> <laughs> that is true, but like, well. <laughs> it's so true, like, because ACDC yeah. never hit anything at all. No. 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 Not subtle, but they they have that song. Let me put my love in you. And there's a there's a, a lyric in the chorus that says, "Yeah, let me put my love in you, babe. Let me put my love in on the line." And then he says, "Let me put my love in you, babe. Let me cut your cake with my knife." Oh, 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 yeah. I mean, ACDC talked about sex, but not in a sexy way. <laughs> no, not really. No, she was no. a fast machine. She kept her motor clean. What? Her motor? American thighs. Uh-huh. Dude, I- I'm telling you, that's the voice that gets the women randy. Uh-huh. For <laughs> you sure. get to a party to start singing like that, at least three women are just going to beg you for sex. Amazing. Mm-hmm. Amazing. <laughs> what the fuck are we talking about? Oh, yeah, sticky people. <laughs> sticky people. That's sticky that people. Really, that was some whiplash in my brain just now where I was like, <laughs> yeah, what, what are we talking I? about? What are we doing? Is this a microphone? What's going on? Oh. <laughs> uh, Kate thought up of a gooey, sticky horror icon. I'm talking about fucking uh, Brother Frank, Uncle Frank from oh, Hellraise. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Dude. Sticky That fuck. guy. Whenever he's like... Yeah, uh, you know, skinless, but still, like, wearing clothes. And I'm like, uh-huh. man, that shit is sticking Yuck. to him. Yuck. Yeah. No. Ugh. Ugh. Every time I see that, it's so gross to me. Like, just thinking about... Because it would hurt, like, fuck, too. It'd be you terrible. You exposed nerve and shit, and you're putting a shirt on it, and it's going to, like, dry. And it... Ugh. No. Yuck. Stick. Do you remember the sensation? And it, it's been an eternity since i've had one but i vividly remember the sensation of like whenever we were kids mm-hmm. in the 80s and 90s being yeah. raised by uh boomers who were just like go out and get a sunburn it's good for you fuck sunblock <laughs> right which they cover in this movie by the way uh-huh, they do why would you wear sunblock in florida the place that you definitely want to wear sunblock you definitely you know? yeah uh-huh. and that, that chick says that she doesn't care if she looks like shit when she's older and it's like well, you will. You will. <laughs> so. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but like that sensation of like having a horrible sunburn and being covered in like, you know, like aloe or um, what's that? That pink, that pink shit. Oh, yeah. I know. Uh, the Calamine. Calamine lotion. Yeah. Uh-huh. 
and it kind of dries, but you have to put on clothes over it, but then you'd feel your clothes like sticking to it and pulling and shit yeah. whenever you'd like move. Yeah. That's the worst. It is. It is. So imagine if that was blood on yeah, and you it, had no skin. Yeah, and you had no skin, just a shirt directly on your, your muscle. Ugh. Ugh. But hey, I'll tell you what, man. He's a yeah. he's a man in life that was a, a a sticky man. But you can be a sticky old man in death as well if you're a fucking tar man zombie. I bet oh. that guy had every witch thing sticking to him. That is a thing that like because they call him the tar man, and it looks like he'd be sticky, but like he's just walking freely and not really sticking to anything. And I'm like, I'm thinking it feels like. At some point, he should, like, stick his hand on a railing and then pull up and the hand stays or whatever. Sure, Just, right? Because he looks sticky as fuck. He looks like a tar man. Imagine if he had the unfortunate tragedy of ever meeting Feather Man. Oh, no. Oh, no. They must never come together. <laughs> I think that was, like, the hardest Mega Man boss back in Feather the days, man. Feather Man. <laughs> How do you beat Feather Man? Or maybe that's how you beat Tarman is you have to beat Featherman first. Right, and you right. Use the yeah. Featherman power up. Featherman's on really easy, but his stage is kind of tough. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that you know what that happens in Home Alone actually. Oh shit! Yeah, it does in the first one. The OG. Right. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. God, that would be horrific. Yeah, absolutely. Being I mean, tarred and feathered. God. No, I do not want it. Can I please not have that? <laughs> yeah, please <laughs> no. Maybe. Uh, but speaking of tar and the first Home Alone. Marv walking up those damn stairs oh, through God. the tar. Oof. That Oof. is a sticky situation. And I don't know why it makes the idea of getting the nail through the foot worse. Right, because it's all it sticky does. and gross, and then you get a f- nail through your foot. Yeah, no, that's no fun. Hard pass. Ugh. Not God interested. damn, man. Yeah. You know, similar to uh, to old uh, uh, pan necrophile Ray Stans that we were talking about. <laughs> What about that uh, bear man slash dog man in The Shining? Do you think that guy is is squeaky clean, or do you think he's got some, I'm, some I'm adhesive wondering, spots? Yeah, like I am wondering if they're, you know, because he's, I'm guessing the bear man, dog man, whatever. I'm wondering, is this his boyfriend, or is this like a little hookup fling thing, and maybe he's done a few of those in the night, you know what I'm talking about? So, might be a couple sticky spots on that costume. Very well could be, man. I bet that that suit is not in pristine condition. I'm just going to say, like, uh, a bear man, how's how's he not going to... How's he not going to end up in bed with several people throughout the night? Like, you saw the costume. Sexy as fuck, right? Maybe he's got that honey on his dick. Maybe that's the deal. shit. He's honey dicking. (laughs) Maybe that was Pooh Bear. Maybe it was. We saw him with the shirt off. <laughs> Whatever happened to Pooh Bear? Yeah. yeah. Could be, man. Could be. He got in with the wrong crowd. Yeah, he got he got in with the the crowd of people just celebrating a, a July fourth at a haunted hotel. Oops. Have mercy. <laughs> Things are gonna get sticky for sure. You got anybody else on your on your stick list there, Steve? I think uh, just one more because it's it's definitely uh, relevant to not only Christmas but uh, this movie as it's from a movie also written by John Hughes, uh, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Chevy Chase oh. gets all that sap on his hands. 
little full, a lot of sap. Mm-hmm. Sap is the worst, right? Like man, so like my extremely limited experience with public school, right? There was one day where I got bullied. Oh no, I did, and I've talked about way back in the day. Uh, God, this had to be early, early on the show. Like the class bully that we had. I'm trying to fucking remember his name right now. I cannot recall his name. But he was that mean redhead kid that looked like Scott Farkas from Christmas uh, Story. (laughs) Uh And he had a Chucky doll that he brought to uh, show and tell one day. Him and another bully. And I swear, you can't even make this stuff up, dude. Like this kid and his buddy that was like his sidekick that were bullies in the class straight up can't even make this up looked like budnick and donkey lips from salute your shorts straight up (laughs) it was mean red-haired kid with a mullet and chubby pale short dark hair guy like that was what we had at my school Mm -hmm. and this one day on the playground uh, just for whatever reason, I mean, I'm sure I hadn't done anything, but they're just bullies. So they're just picking on people. They grabbed me, and there's like a pine tree in the recess kind of yard. Uh huh. And they like smeared uh, like pine tree sap like on my my arms. Oh. Uh. And uh, obviously, it wasn't very pleasant and stuff. No. But then I thought about it, and I was like, "Well, they've got it all over their hands. Uh-huh. That's gonna suck for them too, right? Like the the, the yeah. they've been hoisted on their own petard." I said, <laughs> as a child, you were like, Meh, "Hoisted!" By I was your really own hip petard. to petards. Yeah. I was really big into hoisting as a about. child. Oh, hoisting! Yeah. I mean, it was it was just popular back then, anyway. Hoisting. It was a different time. It you know? was, yeah. Yeah, not a lot to do. But these hoist. days, nobody wants to hoist anymore. <laughs> well, back in my day, <laughs> yeah. Ever since Biden started giving out them fucking checks, nobody wants to hoist no more. <laughs> yeah, that's what it was, and nobody, barely anybody, has a petard these days. Barely anybody. Yeah, yeah only the one percenters can even afford a petard. Oh, what are you gonna download a petard app? <laughs> Barely even gonna you get hoisted. Download, you wouldn't download a petard. <laughs> I would. I would. You know, at this point, I would download a petard just for fun. Sure. Yeah. Eh, why not? You know, just say I could 3D print one out. Whatever. I don't give yeah. a shit. <laughs> so, yeah. Chevy Chase's hands get really sticky after he moves the Christmas tree and a bunch of stuff sticks to him. That's it's sticky. Yeah, it's yeah. the worst. It's, it's so fucking like. Uh, if you get it on fabric or carpet or something, like, oh, God. Just Dude, the worst I, possible thing I to had a, a sticky-ass situation myself the other day. As I, as I mentioned on the last couple episodes, we've been repainting our apartment, right? Uh-huh. Which, judging by the aesthetic and the color choices, which was to say literal wall-to-ceiling nicotine yellow... Uh. Um, yeah. I'm sure our place had not been redecorated, repainted, or whatever in it, at least 20 years. I mean, like okay. that was probably a, a 1996 color choice. Wow. I'm sure. All right. In our bedroom, there's these two like skylights, like these little round, like porthole looking skylights. Okay. One of them is just like a smooth metal ring around the little skylight thing. Uh, and there's another one that always just kind of looked different. It almost had this like kind of wrinkly looking texture on it. Okay. It wasn't until I was repainting our walls and up on a ladder that I realized 
That's because it was covered in like 20 to 30 year old masking tape from when they painted these fucking ceilings <laughs> yellow. It was covered in fucking masking tape, dude. <laughs> that nobody had taken down. Wow. So I bet it was real clean under there, though. Oh, dude, it was really easy to uh-huh. remove, for yeah, sure. No trouble at all. Barely an inconvenience. I bet. I bet. Pro tip, just in case you're listening to this, you can say, hey, at least I learned something from this podcast other mm-hmm. than... Most fuckable pie. Most fuckable pie and stuff, yeah. yeah. Um, take a hairdryer to it. Really old tape, just take a hairdryer to it. Oh, this yeah? This is that glue. Works great. Oh, okay. Tape will come off. You'll still have some residue. Wipe it down with uh, some vegetable awl. Oh, all right. Yeah. Comes right okay. off. Well, I'm glad to hear this. I will have to try that uh, out next time I find 20-year-old masking tape. Dude, you'll be ready. You'll be I'll prepared. be ready and willing to do it. People will be like, should we do it? And I'll be like, not only should we, we're gonna. And then That's they'll say, the I've seen a lot of sticky people. He's not one of them. That's right. Not me. I don't go on the list. I am not sticky. In fact, as a kid, like as a baby, I would cry if my hands got sticky. Like, I, yeah, I also I didn't like that at all. Yeah, yeah, so gross. I'm still not a fan. Yeah, no, I am not either. It is not cool. Uh-uh. No, not cool at all. Man, whenever you see little kids and stuff, and their hands are always just fucking Ooh. covered in fucking something sticky. Yuck. You see like lint and dog hair sticking to their fingers, and you're like, what the fuck is the matter with you, kid? Don't <laughs> you notice clean that? your fucking hands. What is wrong? Ugh. <laughs> kids don't know shit. They're, it's like they're new at this or something. So dumb. Jeez, man. Catch up, kid. <laughs> Quit Get being a sticky-ass person. Kid, chi- like, you think that like maybe if you wanted a baby, you could just advertise it like a job? Like, baby wanted, two years experience, maybe. preferred. Prefer- Minimum. Preferred. <laughs> preferred. Prefer- I prefer it. For I sure. prefer that for sure, yeah. No sticky applicants admitted. <laughs> Don't want a sticky baby. None For of that, sure. ma'am. None yeah. of that. Well, let us know about who you think the stickiest person is out there and why it's Tila Tequila. <laughs> she she does look like she'd be sticky. Probably. Yeah. Likely, just like, you know? what is this? And she's like, I don't yeah. know. Nazis or whatever. Something, something's drying, I guess. I don't I, know. I don't know. Who knows? Who knows what that could be? <laughs> Praise the Lord. Didn't she like a fucking preacher or something? Yeah, like? she did like the Nazi thing for a brief moment. And then oh, like, yeah, she did that. Yeah. yeah. That was, That's why it's okay to make jokes about her. Absolutely. 100%. If you ever uh, have a Nazi phase, just get ready for people to make fun of you for the rest of your life. <laughs> Even right. if you... Listen, and it, it should be acceptable. If you've gone through a Nazi phase and you're like, oh, that was the worst. I shouldn't be like that. That people, you should accept that people are going to make fun of you. Like that's just yep. that's part that's part of your uh, repentance for being a go. Nazi at some point. Yep, that's right. First yep. thing you got to do, as we said before, is over that swastika tattoo. You just got to get Calvin pissing on it. That's yeah, your yeah, first yeah. step to recovery. Show people like, no, I don't like that, and I want Calvin to pee on it. Yeah, that's how much I don't like it. <laughs> Why don't it's a good why first not step. pee on it yourself? You know, that's what I'm saying. You do the pee in. Why are we Dude, bringing Calvin in on this? 
wouldn't that be such a next step fucking evolution where it's like instead of getting a tattoo of like you know like calvin pissing on the dale earnhardt number three you get a tattoo <laughs> of yourself yeah pissing on the dale earnhardt number three yeah. or whatever it is that you're pissing on that's that is that's when you've really started using the galaxy brain there like fucking i'll be the one who pisses <laughs> what would dr manhattan do probably that <laughs> yeah you probably, know probably that yeah i tire of this this earnhardt and all his dales <laughs> <laughs> piss upon him I, all right steve <laughs> we are here today to be talking about a lot of things clearly but yeah. um i guess we should also if we have to talk about a movie because that's what this show is oh right question yeah. mark uh-huh yeah it's a horror movie show and we're talking about home alone 2 um, okay i will say though this movie does feature a, a shit ton of fatal violence uh-huh and a murder mansion yeah yeah, yeah. uh-huh yeah despicable no, it, humans a I child mean, this who is, is much driven like a, to murder like he yeah. must murder when he could call the police or any other thing no 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 i must murder for sure like which hellraiser or saw movie are we talking about oh, yeah home alone 2 <laughs> yes the, i mean they're making another saw movie and it would be no smarter move could be made by them than to get macaulay macaulay culkin culkin out yep. of retirement and somehow reveal actually he was the one who did all this stuff the whole time that'd be fine honestly I'd love just it. like give in to what the people want just do yep. the fucking thing man it's oh, what like saw's got integrity they have flashbacks and flashbacks like come on they could do right. whatever they want <laughs> oh you destroy the mythology if you did that <laughs> like every single movie they've ever made every time it's like you thought that it was this but actually it was this next installment <laughs> you thought the thing i told you it was was what it was actually it's a different oh, thing wait you believe me you're an asshole <laughs> take that viewer why do people like those uh creative kills i mean you know there are a lot of good creative kills so that's that's but i i, I can't sit through an hour and 45 minutes of like five creative kills and then like the most fucking meandering tangential stupid story that's constantly trying to retcon the entire franchise anyway home alone 2 <laughs> this movie, that's what we're talking about today this, this came movie, out in what 1992 yeah. five uh, six, six two what? 92 huh all right yeah. yep. oh 1992 and columbus sailed the ocean blue yeah yeah that's right 1992 columbus sailed the ocean blue and he watched home alone 2 uh in a movie theater and did you uh see this in a movie theater yourself I did not. I loved the first one. Yes, totally. And Go back and listen to our Home Alone yeah. episode, like year one of the show, to hear more thoughts about that. Maybe year two. I can't remember. Yeah, it was early on there. But um, I remember I have probably only seen this movie through one time. Uh, no as, way. Yep. Yeah, as a kid, I remember watching it, and I was, uh, you know in the tween era so i i don't know i don't know if it was watching the film and fairly judging it or watching the film and being like i'm too grown up for this but i didn't Mm. like it as a kid 
you were uh, quite the young sophisticate that's me yeah i was a li- like little baby man um i i didn't really like it so everything i had seen of home alone 2 uh, up to adulthood was just like segments on like hbo or whatever and i i had seen it like a million times on hbo like just different segments of it and there were parts that i liked of course i think the tim curry parts are still really good because tim curry's great and there's some good solid humor in it and whatnot um but it wasn't really until now sitting down as an, a, a grown-ass adult to talk about it on a podcast that I really sat down and watched it through again. Uh, and let me tell you, uh, this movie sucks. It's a bad movie. It's a bad okay. movie. All right. You're coming in hot. You're coming in yes, hot. Like I, I remember as a kid, I, I, like you, loved the original Home yeah. Alone. Um, I remember seeing it, I believe, like two times probably in theaters. Like It was one oh, that wow. my, my mom and brother and I mm-hmm. went and saw. And I think that it was so good that we convinced Dad to go to. So wow. then we went okay. and saw it was like a family, uh-huh. which is a very rare occurrence for us back then because we were so poor and stuff. Right. Uh, but I remember loving the original and being really excited whenever I found out that they were doing a sequel. And we went and saw it. And I remember thinking it was okay. Uh-huh. I, I couldn't even really tell you exactly why... I didn't like it as much, but I still enjoyed it. Okay. And I'll say, I think a lot of that comes from, especially when we were kids growing up in East Tennessee, like in the South, Mm -hmm. in very small towns where hardly anybody ever left that town, period, much less ever went to the big city, New York City, where they make the salsa, you know? Uh Uh-huh. I think that a lot of the appeal of this movie was just like seeing a kid in such a foreign, unfamiliar place that's so different from where we grew up and where we lived as kids. I think there's a certain like, you know, childhood fantasy kind of thing going on with this movie, which we'll talk about more here too, because this is major childhood fantasy fulfillment shit, just like oh, the first one is. Yeah. And I think that's where a lot of the appeal lied in this one. And then also the fact that it is the same movie again, and it is. It's a remake. Yeah, like as anyone who um, has ever been a kid or has kids knows, kids will watch the same movie like seven hundred times. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. They so will. this was a new movie, but it wasn't at all. It was the same movie with the exact yeah. same beats, same gag, same joke, same cast, like. It was a repeat, but it wasn't. Right, it's slightly different. There's, it's more freeing, more of that fantasy fulfillment. Like, I, honestly, I think like, I it definitely hits what I would have loved as a kid: the idea of being alone, for, away from my family in a big city. Because I always wanted to go to the big cities, but just I remember as a kid, it just didn't hit that spot for me. And I think that is what they're going for, right? As you said, that fantasy fulfillment of like, what if I could just do whatever I wanted in the biggest city in the world and they got this huge toy store and it's so cool. Uh, I I think, you know, I get why people definitely have like a ton of nostalgia and stuff for this. And, and I do. And yeah, and as it is, uh, you know, a repeat of the first movie largely, uh, you know, it's hard to say those things are bad, but they are like the, the thing is that like the way that this m- movie comes together is so contrived 
and so clearly a cash grab and so like obviously they just saw how successful this low budget movie was and put a little bit more to the budget and put it in new york and did almost the same gags over and over um they really just i don't know like watching this it was it was blowing my mind that this is a movie written by john hughes like i feel like this is a movie that you would call john hughes in to fix because it needs fixing it needs a lot of fixing unless all they were going for was cashing in in which case john hughes knew exactly what he was doing he was making a cash in movie which means you repeat the things as you said kids like the same movie again so he's he's catering to his audience yeah it's the same happy meal with a different toy that's what keeps you coming back over and over right Mm -hmm. which again it's like if that was the intent yes he, he he did nail it he did um and the thing is too is like with you and i remembering this movie that was at one of those pivotal ages for us. Because you said uh-huh. this this came out in, what would you say, 92? 92, yeah. So I was, I was so like 11 when this came out. I was like 7 or 8. Uh-huh. And like the, the difference of those two ages at that point is... It is huge. Yeah. Colossal, you it know? Is. So I would say if I saw this movie when I was your age, I probably would have less nostalgia for it. Like, I can sit yeah. here and be like, yeah, I watched this for a podcast and I can point out all the all the flaws and all the things that are wrong with this. But at the same time, I'm like, yeah, about every Christmas, do I intently watch Home Alone? Yes. And then a day or two later, while I'm like doing housework or washing dishes or wrapping presents or whatever, uh-huh. put on Home Alone 2 so I can kind of have it on and sort of pay attention to it. Yeah, I do that about every year. Yeah, and I could see that. Like, I can see um, having it on in the background, and you know, they're the the Tim Curry moments are all great. The you know Macaulay Culkin is great. Uh, Catherine O'Hara, great. They're they're not coming at this um, as though it's just a cash in, though you know they are cashing in because Macaulay Culkin made one hundred and ten thousand dollars for Home Alone. And then was given four point five million plus five percent of the gross on the, the film. Uh, yeah, you can see how he retired from acting at fourteen. Um, he's fine. He's always going to be fine financially. Well, that and being a a child film star is no probably fun. the most fucked yeah. up thing that can ever happen to you. Yeah, it can't it can't be a blast for sure. But I I think that like. The people involved in this all brought it. And I think if, because like the only way I can make this work in my mind, because I was watching this and I was like, this is the worst John Hughes movie by far, like as far as writing goes. Uh, And then thinking again about it, it was like, okay, so if it is a cash in movie and looking at Home Alone 2 and having seen a ton of other like family films that come after Home Alone 2 that basically just try to repeat the magic of home alone too he yeah. clearly was like thinking on a different level he was thinking like how do because he got a six picture deal and this was like one of the the pictures like i i think he he probably was thinking along the lines of how do i engage this particular audience because like the first one did the fantasy fulfillment but now you got to take it to the next level 
but also kids love to watch the same exact movie again. So you're taking it to the next level while also just repeating a lot of the exact same beats of the, the previous film. Yeah. It's kind of genius. It different. Right. Yeah. It's yeah. kind of genius if in the way of like, how do we turn $40 million into $360 million? Like that. There you go. You, you did it. That's so that's a success. But as far as like, you know, keeping my interest or creating characters with any sort of like feel to them, like any sort of like firmness to them. It doesn't do any of that and really doesn't explore much about character relationships or anything of that sort, which the first one did. Uh, It tries to force a lot of things. Like you've got the, the, you know, shovel grandpa from the first one, uh, which plays out, in a great interesting way where Kevin is at first like told this wrong thing about him being a murderer or whatever. And he like runs from him, but then like gets sort of confronted by him in a church and finds out he's this sweet guy and gives him this nice childlike advice that is very helpful. And then you try to repeat that almost exactly with this pigeon woman. Uh, and it's so forced. It feels so forced and so contrived. Like, it doesn't feel as natural as the the first movie because they're just trying to repeat the exact same thing. Now, hang on. I don't know what you're talking about, dude. So, okay. Unlike the first movie, Uh this film starts off with the McAllister house and all the people in it hustling and bustling, getting ready for a big trip for Christmas. Nothing like the first movie. Nothing like the first movie, right? Mm Mm-hmm. There's a bit of a kerfuffle where everybody in the family thinks Kevin is an asshole. Because they are the worst family on planet Earth. Yes. Uh Uh-huh. And then after that, there's a, 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 a situation where the alarm clock doesn't go off and they're late. So they have to rush to the airport. Unlike the first movie. He just fucking unplugged the clock. That was it. He unplugged the clock. What they are? They the dumbest yeah. people. Are they oh, okay? Also, ugh. is there? There's not another adult in this house that is setting an alarm. Like everybody is like, oh, mom and dad McAllister will come wake us up when it's time to go to the big old airport. <laughs> yes. Is everybody children? Okay. Here's the thing with the clock thing. If it was just McAllisters and their kids, yeah. Then yes, I would believe it. The parents should be setting the alarm, waking up the kids, getting everybody out. Right. There's like six adults in that fucking house. <laughs> they're, they're Nobody set adults. an alarm, and there are te- they're teenage kids who probably would have an alarm clock in the in their room, and probably would want to set it for a later time than their parents would normally wake them up, but still for a time in which they could get up and go. Yeah, yeah. I think there's a there's a deleted scene where it shows like the McAllisters going in, like tucking in, like Uncle Frank and stuff before bed, <laughs> giving him a bottle. <laughs> yeah, <Yes. laughs> yeah, singing him lullabies, uh-huh. all that jazz. Yeah. Okay. So so anyway, so they 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 don't have their alarm go off. They're late. They go to the airport. Kevin gets separated from them again, completely unlike the original. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Kevin um, ends up getting crossed up with some some criminals. Okay. Oh, yeah. This is no, new. Completely new. Completely new. These criminals that he gets caught up with who are escaped jail but have their wardrobe from the first film. They do, don't they? They do. They do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I hadn't thought about that. Yeah, but I mean, you're right, though, because it doesn't play out like the first one because uh, uh, he, he then... 
uh, sets up a bunch of traps to stop the criminals. And then his family show up but unites with him yeah yeah uh-huh it's like totally different <laughs> nothing like the first one at all like it's so fucking contrived because like seriously the first film perfectly sets up why they're late the power went out after they fell asleep the power going out after they fall asleep means no matter if everybody has an alarm set so i gotta go off yes yeah. yeah, exactly. That's how you get around, like, wait, no other adult had an alarm set? It's like, well, yeah, even if they did, the power was out. Right. Easy. Now, so there there were easier ways to do this rather than have a grown adult man uh, unplug an alarm clock that is within eye shot and then plug it back in and not go, oh, I just unplugged that. I should set the time back. Um, then also, like, the contrivance of there's a guy in the airport wearing the exact same coat with almost the same hairstyle as the dad. So when the son gets a little bit behind, he then follows that man onto a different plane, which even pre nine 11 was not a thing where you just accidentally got on a plane. It okay, just didn't the nineties were a different time. Okay, they like back, were. back in the nineties, like a whole family would be like, "Oh man, twelve months ago, our child got separated from us and was almost murdered by bandits who were threatening to boil his testicles in motor oil, and bite off his fingers." Yeah, uh huh. Yeah, yeah. But you know, this year, oh shit, he just slipped right by us again. <laughs> There's seriously a time. Like the one of the most like enraging moments is when they're at the gate and the the one of the uh, employees says, "Don't worry, we'll make sure everybody gets on the plane." And that is the moment any parent, like not even a parent who had lost a child before, would be like, "You know what? I'm going to make sure my children get on this plane, and then I'll get on." Because this has happened before. Because I, just a year ago, in the movie's timeline, just yeah. a year ago, lost my child. So, how about, I, it's not going to go any faster if I get on the plane right now. I'm going to stand here until I see that my child, oh, one of my children's not on the plane. Fuck, I should go find him. <laughs> so stupid. It's totally different than the first movie, dude. Yeah. It's totally, totally different. Totally different. Yeah, and, and so, like, also the... <laughs> Fuck the stupid bit where they're like putting their uh you know luggage on the little cart there, which I never flew in those days, but I don't trust that system where you just see a mm. random person and go, "Here's my luggage," right? Um, yeah, but the <laughs> the contrivance of Dad, my talk boy needs batteries. Uh, don't worry, I'm going to get into the talk boy and how stupid that is, but. My talk boy needs batteries. Oh, there's batteries in the bag that have all my cash and my credit cards. <laughs> and then <laughs> Kevin starts going through the bag and in ADR line says, you going to take my bag, Kevin? You going to take my bag? What? <laughs> what dad would see a, a, a 10-year-old with a bag full of all of their cash and credit cards and go, yeah, no, you got that. That's cool. Just carry that. Sure. Yeah. Also, the fuck. God damn it! The first twenty <laughs> minutes of this movie is enraging to me. the 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 way that they 
just don't trust the audience. Like, again, this is genius when you're writing for kids, I guess, because you're like, oh, the kids are fucking idiots, so they won't understand how a voice recorder works. So we'll have to show him three times, record something, play it back immediately, record something, play it back immediately, record something, play it back immediately. Like, that's how recording works. You got it? Uh? (sighs) So irritating. Also, the top boy, like... it's like they're presenting it like it's a new thing. But like my my grandmother had like one of those micro tape recorders. We were obsessed with that thing as kids, which is why it's kind of like understandable that he's obsessed with it. But it's like we all know how recording works. Like even yeah. eight year olds at that time would know how recording your voice works. Like there were fucking answering machines everywhere. Like this stuff was normal. So why are we going through the rigmarole of this is how a recording works? And you say the thing and then it comes out the way you said it. It is interesting to find out that the talk boy was not a pre-existing product. Like that thing that they made was a non-working just film prop. And then because this movie became so popular... I can't remember what company it Tiger. was. Whether it was like Tiger, Tiger was Electronics. Uh, yeah. Wow. That made yeah. all the shitty fucking handheld games when we were kids. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Tiger, yes. Tiger was very much just trying to exploit kids with terrible products. <laughs> it worked. Damn. Yep. And uh, because of the success of this movie, they actually made a working version of yeah, it. Yeah, I remember. Marketing. Also, yeah. they marketed the Talk Girl, which yes. is the same thing. Which was pink, pink and purple. Uh-huh. Yeah, my yeah. my uh my sister had one, I believe. I remember seeing one around all the time. Um, but I I remember also like it was genius. Like what they're selling there is is smart because anybody who's seen kids with something that will record knows they love it. They love the concept of it. So like, oh dude, yeah, totally. Yeah, it, kids love the idea of seeing themselves in anything. Like right. all you have to do is like start recording a kid on your phone and they will start start, acting a fool. Absolutely. Um, We didn't have a a talk boy. We had way later on, like into the 90s, we had the yak back. Do you remember Uh the yak back? Yes, I do remember the yak back. (laughs) And it was such a fucking miracle because it was like small. Like it fit in your palm. And it's like, oh my God, you can record something, slow it down, speed it up, change the pitch, and then play it back. And, uh, dude, my brother and I were all about that fucking thing. Absolutely. It was, like, I, I remember being that age and being like, oh, my God, like, I'm hearing myself on a recording. What? This is probably why I ended up doing goddamn YouTube videos and yes, shit. Is because it I is. had a fucking yak back. For like, sure. Oh, my God, I'm on the computer. I'm on your phone. That's wow. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. It's like this inherent narcissism that's just made from having that as a toy when you're, like, you know, eight. <laughs> I think that's part of it. Yeah, uh, the Yakback, I fucking love that thing. I, I, I do remember the Yakback. I, I think the one thing that they they definitely were marketing this, like this is clearly like they were thinking, oh, we're going to make money off toy sales. I, I don't know if they had a deal with Tiger or whatever, but I, I assume they did. Um, but the thing is that like as a kid, because I had experience with recordings, the idea that you would record something and play it and people would think that it was like an actual person was outlandish, ridiculous to me. It doesn't sound <laughs> like a person. It sounds like a record. It sounds like a, a cassette tape recording. 
like, on a teeny tiny tinny on a ass tiny little speaker. Ass speaker. Yeah. Yes, like it's not gonna work to fucking make uh, a concierge think that your dad is taking a shower. <laughs> so it's not gonna do that that is okay and it's like i realized this is a movie for kids it, it yeah. features like oh, yeah. crazy childhood fantasy fulfillment it features looney tunes like violence absolutely um, yeah. and looney tunes like uh characters like the the in this they are essentially the lackeys to a disney villain like the, yeah. the sticky bandits like the first one they seem to have like more motivation or more of like a depth of character this is just like what's the dumbest thing they could do D- well, double it <laughs> here's the thing is like the the intervention invention intervention whatever of the <laughs> of the talk boy it's you, you can see the through line where they uh-huh. looked at the first movie and they're like what's the shit that kids loved about it okay keep yeah. the change you filthy animal he played it on right. the tv and even then it's like okay if it's tv speakers there's no way anybody thought it's a guy person. or whoever right. yeah is believing it but then you can suspend belief and be like okay well uh, suspend disbelief, excuse right. me, uh-huh. and be like, well, he had a Bose surround sound system in there because his family was rich. Maybe sure. you could pass it off as being real life confrontation going well, on. Well, he also, Sundance, like, you know, I, I've I thought about this because he also had the addition of the fireworks. So that yes. even if the police, the, the pizza delivery guy was thinking, like, is that a TV or is that a person? When you start hearing the firing and hearing say, little explosions nearby, it's more convincing. But here's the thing is, was John Hughes and them thinking like, okay, what kids loved was him playing this recording and scaring people away or was what kids liked about it? He fooled the grownups. Yeah. Which is more important to a kid. Good point. Yeah, kids only would only be like, oh, he fooled. They they're not going to think through all of these things necessarily until a certain age. You know what your aim is. Your aim is not tweens and teens. Your aim is kids. So, yep. yeah, again, it's 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 like genius writing on the level of like knowing your audience and knowing child the psychology. Goal. Yeah. yeah. But it it sucks then because it's like I just watching this, it was like it reminded me of so many like Disney Channel movies and stuff that are like just terrible acting and all these have the same sort of plots and whatnot. And it, it almost feels like this movie kind of initiated a type of very cynical writing for kids. Not that it wasn't cynical up to that point as well, but like a very like profit motivated cynicism that pervades kids' movies a lot of times. Sure. Yeah, I can see that. Again, uh, effective for what it was in that you're getting kids being like, oh, this is so cool. He fooled the grownups. Grownups yeah. don't know everything, which they is don't. like, it's if true. you watch the parenting in this for like five seconds, you'd be like, wow, these, these are, adults are terrible at being grownups. These are the worst <laughs> fucking parents. Like, they, they went from two people who made an honest mistake in a very, like, quick moving situation that had huge repercussions because they were on a plane to france like if they had realized they had forgotten their kid like at the grocery store the repercussions would be much smaller uh it just so happened that was the case and you're thinking oh man like you know even even people who don't have kids know that parents you forget 
your kids sometimes. It's you might forget your kid at the house for like a brief second. You might forget your kid at the store for an hour. Who knows? But parents, you you you're fucking often sleep deprived, and kids are hard to keep track of, etc. So it was all kind of acceptable and like, yeah, these parents maybe not the best, but they like the mom is so dedicated to get home and all this stuff. This movie is just like, oh, no, no. These people are imbeciles who are apathetic to their children. Don't care in the <laughs> least bit. And really only worried about the police uh, arresting them for not taking care of their kids. Dude, again, like in the first movie, you at least had the, yeah, the international travel and the language barrier. Right. Holding things up where it's yep. like this mom, especially the mom, is urgent to get home by any means possible. She'll hitch a ride with the Yellow King himself, <laughs> um, <laughs> satanic figure, to get home to uh-huh. her kid and all that. Yeah. And this is just like, oh, you're in the wrong town in America. Yeah. Yeah. Can't and be that hard. And it's it's also like every single adult makes the most idiotic choice at all times. Like, the the fact that like they tell the police that he has their credit card... And the police say they'll notify the credit card company. And then the credit card company reports it as stolen. Why wouldn't the credit card company be like, oh, I see it's being used at that hotel. I'll call the police and tell them he's at that hotel and call the hotel and tell them, hey, you've got a boy who's separated from their parents. So, you know, maybe don't suspect him of stealing and kick him out. (laughs) Yeah, but but instead, no. It's just reported. They're like the cops call the credit card companies. They're like, yeah, 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 I got it. Stolen, cool, stolen. Fucking kick that kid out in the street. If you see the kid, shoot him. <laughs> yes, exactly. Like everybody is just making such insane decisions constantly. Which is, I I, I see what you're saying entirely. This is appealing to kids so right. much. That I can see why probably some people are listening right now and they're like, fuck Steve and fuck his opinions and fuck him. This is the best movie. Because some people think Home Alone 2 is better than Home Alone 1. And that's probably the most insane thing I've, I've heard in a long while. But Yeah, yeah. It, people it, do have that opinion. I don't, yeah. I don't get it. But I get that it has the nostalgic hold it has if you saw it within the, the years of, of childhood. Because it really is appealing toward a very specific childhood fantasy of, of you know, oh, yeah. being being smarter than the adults and taking care of yourself and not being told what to do. Well, dude, at the same time, you know, if you were nine, ten years old and you were separated from your family and you had the credit card and you were in oh, New York yeah. City at Christmas time. It'd be great, right? What, what yeah. the fuck would you do? You'd have dessert in the room 24-7. Uh-huh. Go swim you in go the to pool, the toy lose store. your trunks, etc. Yeah. Yeah. You would have a limo and a cheese pizza. Like, he's doing all the stuff that you would do at that age. Yeah. And then you'd you'd beat up the bad guys because you're smarter than them. Yep. Yep. You'd use your, your extensive comprehension of how to murder people. <laughs> like, <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah, so let, let's talk about this. So, you know, again, following the same beats of the first movie, yeah, we go through all that all that stuff we just talked about, and then it gets to the point where it's like, okay, I need to beat the bad guys by setting right. an elaborate series yeah. of traps. Like, in the first movie, it was all shit that was in his house. And right. it's like, okay, 
I'll set out these fragile glass Christmas ornaments so they can step on them. I'll put a nail on hurt. the steps. That would suck. Yeah. I'll slip them on these micro machines. Right. Somehow, in a year's time, Kevin has found like a fucking super bootleg copy of the Anarchist Cookbook. Right. And he just memorized the motherfucker. <laughs> this guy has moved on to... Um, yeah, messing with kerosene and uh-huh. generators. Electricity, yeah. <laughs> Fucking, like, it's crazy the shit he does. He starts with bricks to the head from the third story of a building. That is, that's murder. That is death. That, There's yeah, no yes. surviving it. And here's what's confusing to me about that is that just a few, I don't know, 10, 20 minutes earlier in the movie... We have him again doing the thing where he is watching a movie he shouldn't watch. Angels right. with filthier Dirt, even souls. dirtier faces, or even, even dirtier. dirtier faces, whatever. Yeah, he's watching the sequel to the movie he watched in the original. So it's a uh-huh. sequel and a sequel, very meta. He sees that scene where that chick gets like shot up with that Tommy gun, and he's terrified. Right. Then. He throws bricks at an adult's head three times in a row without even flinching. What is his separation of fiction and reality? We're like, he believes fiction is real and reality is fake. But this is also a kid that in the original broke the fourth wall a billion times in that movie. Yeah, he did. Is this what happens whenever you realize you're in a movie? You think that movies in a movie are reality? Oh, and that's why shit. it's scary? Okay. Is this like hyper meta? Right. Yeah. That, okay. That is interesting because like, yeah, he is watching the sequel to the movie he watched in the original. And yes, he does have some like fourth wall breaks. So he knows the audience is watching. So yeah, that, I mean, the only explanation there would be like, he knows he's in a movie and he is watching what he believes to be reality. I suppose. Yeah. Oh, man. Okay, so this movie just got, <laughs> just got way deep. more interesting. Because yeah. <laughs> I do have a theory that makes the movie better for me and makes me okay. think like, okay, maybe it's not so bad. The theory is that when he gets sent up to the attic to, you know, uh, for his punishment of uh, Buzz completely ruined his solo and uh, he, you know, got the modicum of revenge he got and his family is like kevin's the worst fuck that what a kid. jerk he's yeah. awful yeah um so he's getting punished for that and he falls asleep and everything that happens after is a dream and that's the only explanation for me is that this is a kid's dream of what happened might happen based off of his previous experience and based off of the very obvious like clues that they're dropping throughout the first 20 minutes. Like Kevin, why do you love Christmas trees so much? A new thing that they (laughs) added for some reason. Yeah. What? (laughs) And then like all that just seeps into his brain. And then this is the dream he has of i of like, like that that night of what and then like really what happens is he just wakes up and they go and fly to florida but well because the thing is is like a, an experience like that at such an early age where you are left on your own to fend for yourself against hardened criminals 
who are trying to actively kill you. Yeah. Like, um, and then like a year later, it's the same time of year. It's Christmas. All the same things are going on. Kevin's probably got fucking PTSD Yeah, this is like a nightmare, of, like stress nightmare of like all the shit that has happened to him and the mistreatment his family has put through. So, because like... I, He's like, oh, I just, shit, it's happening again, yeah. Yeah, I just can't, in my mind, understand how this uh, person who could very comfortably afford to send an entire family of 14 people to France just the year before uh, has now not been able to get plane tickets that are together and then <laughs> the hotel the motel they're staying in is an absolute dump and they've only got two tiny rooms with 15 fucking people like yeah. that is his brain being like and that's what'll happen to them while i'm having fun yeah because it doesn't make any sense that a rich uh, he's very rich they're super fucking rich Sure. Clearly. Yeah, he works for the mafia, as we talked about. Uh, yes, exactly. Like, there's, there's no reason for any of this, but it works in a kid's brain, which makes me think all of the events are simply a dream that Macaulay art that uh, the Kevin McAllister is having um, throughout the the film, and and we don't get to see the resolution when he wakes up. We just get to see that his dream ends okay, but then. His dad finds out in his dream that he spent almost a thousand dollars on uh, room service, and then he runs off into Central Park to never be seen again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what? You know that that makes sense too, though, because like when you think about the entire timeline of the movie, where like that first morning that Kevin arrives in New York City, uh huh, he arrives there in the morning and like. By lunchtime, he's already seen the Statue of Liberty, the Twin Towers, Chinatown. He's uh-huh. down at the docks. Yep. <laughs> like- <laughs> he has gone all over fucking New York City. And yeah, it's ridiculous. Like the, it doesn't it doesn't have a logical consistency, but it does have a good dream logic. It does actually. That's acceptable to me. Like like I'm I'm really confused why he had the clown in New York. What, yeah like, okay yes uh, the clown this is interesting you had a a fascinating observation about this that i have oh, right, not put yeah. together and i don't know how okay so yeah I, I i'll get back to why i mean obviously he said he could use it as a pool toy but it's like why would they pack that in kevin's bag and anyway well also okay so leading up to that the whole thing is like oh guess what your aunt barbara whoever got you this year it's an inflatable clown that you can play with in the pool. That who? Okay, so the joke there. What? I all right. Okay, we'll get to my theory in a second about the the yeah. clown thing. But this is interesting because I recently discovered that uh, someone who's very close to me, whose name is a palindrome, uh, loves clowns, and was uh, perplexed to find out that. From from my perspective, I think most average people find clowns creepy, right? Like you don't necessarily, yeah. you're not necessarily scared of them. I'm not afraid no, of clowns, but I don't but like them. I don't like them. Uh, so, like the joke there is that no kid would want that, right? No kid would want a clown. There's sure. no indication he's not got like clowns in his room or whatever. So, the joke is no one, no kid would want a clown. So why would he pack that in his own personal bag? Hmm. 
just it's, it's a good a, point. It's a weird. I, I understand that it's a, a pool toy or whatever, but it seems more likely the parents would have to pack it in a a a checked bag because the kid wouldn't want to take it anyway. But it is interesting in that moment uh, that Tim Curry comes in to a shower scene with a clown in a shower because there is a shower scene in it where he played Pennywise. Hmm. He's familiar with the subject matter. He's been a clown in a shower a time or two before. <laughs> it's true. You think he brought anything to it? Like they were like, hey, Tim, you got a lot of experience being a clown in a shower. What should we do in this scene? <laughs> Dude, here's the thing, though. Like, we do have gripes about this movie, obviously. Yeah. Tim Curry's presence is not one of them. No, no, not at all. There are some people present that I have complaints about, and they both um, both have similar politics. Okay, here's the <laughs> thing, though, Steve. Hear me out. Okay, uh-huh. this movie, it's the holidays, it's Christmas, it's a season that is downright magical. You can't uh-huh. spell magical without MAGA, am I right? Okay. <laughs> Magic. M-A-G-A-C. <laughs> magical. Okay, uh, magical. Oh, right, yeah, yeah. Okay, good. Yes. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, fucking disgraced piece of shit ex-president uh-huh fucking donald trump is in right. this for no fucking reason other than just to show off that, like this is a, pl- a place that rich people are well no the reason is he bullied him he bullied himself onto the film like no re- not him yeah he owned a majority stake or minority stake in um the plaza hotel and he made it one of the caveats of them using it for a shooting that he get a cameo uh, and they didn't want to do that, but they really wanted to use the Plaza Hotel. So that's why he's in there. He's wow. an asshole. Yay. No, that doesn't sound like him. Yeah. Yeah. No, let me think of some things he's done. Yeah, no, that sounds exactly like him. <laughs> <laughs> kind of sounds like something an asshole would do. You're yeah. right. Hmm. I, it's like the Iron Man 2 Elon Musk uh, cameo. Oh, I forgot about that. Every time I see it, like I'm just like, why the fuck did they do this? Fuck this guy. Like, I totally forgot about that. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, no fun. And then also we got Rob Schneider, who is a carrot. Um <laughs> <laughs> Rob Schneider, who is a fucking absolute conservative piece of shit, too. Uh, who I don't think brings anything to the movie. I don't think no. he like. I don't think he's bringing anything to the role. The role's you know supposed to be funny, but as I'm watching it, I I don't find. I never found Rob Schneider charming. I always thought of him as kind of coming off as dickish. So yeah, he doesn't yeah. really bring and, and- anything. Honestly, it's like Tim Curry brings Tim Curry fucking yeah. presence to that role. He, like that kind of like one. aristocratic, yeah. kind of snobby, concierge kind of thing. He yes. plays that really well. And like, honestly, anybody could have played Rob Schneider's part. Yep. Anybody. What Anybody at all could have done it. Uh, the, the, uh, the woman who works at the hotel, she is also good. She's got that good stern face. So it's yeah. like you got this stern face and you got this like super proper guy and then you just got... Any old rando could have played the other role. It would have been more fun if it was somebody with a stern face or somebody that was kind of scary to Kevin. I will say, though, like one thing this movie fucking nailed in terms of the hotel is like the absolute boomer outrage that happens whenever Kevin's mom is there and she's like, Tim Curry, it's your fault my kid is loose in New York City. (laughs) 
<laughs> it could possibly be <laughs> us to blame the parents. No, too. it's your fault. And, we didn't and do a bad. I yeah, like Tim Curry's uh, character is not supposed to be a good guy, right? But he's so charming that it's hard to see him as a bad guy. I think like he's just being a good concierge who's like. Wait, one of our our best rooms is being taken up by someone who stole a credit card? Like, I gotta do something about that. Well, he's, okay, he's not that bad of a guy, but he's also a guy that'll, like, just bust into a room in the middle of the night, into right. the shower, hoping to see yeah. some kid dick, I guess. Yeah, that is definitely weird and creepy, for sure. Like, I, I mean, every scene he's in, he's so charming and good, that, like, I didn't really think about just how fucking creepy that is. Like, what was he after in that moment? <laughs> I know, right? Because even if, like, it. he found, like, oh, I found that it's just a kid in this room that was taking a shower and I saw him. Right. It's like, well, guess what? You're in trouble. <laughs> yeah, that's not that's not a thing that you can just do legally. This is not care. a good look for you. I don't care that you work here. You can't walk in on children in the shower. You can't just do that, sir. So it's like, okay, yeah, you found a kid that was separated from his family. That's good. But what the fuck were you doing here? Yeah, and what, and what like what would have come of it at all? Like you sneak in. Let's say the dad is there. Now you've snuck in, and he's like, what the what the fuck? Why are you in my room? <laughs> yeah, what are you fucking doing here? You're fired now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, you call the hotel, like, your concierge was just hanging out in my fucking room. His only excuse yeah, was on me. he thought a kid was showering. <laughs> he was disappointed when he found an adult was in the shower. <laughs> this is not a good look. Not a good look at all. No. We, not whatsoever we also have to talk about because daniel stern and, and joe pesci are back and uh boy there's so much m- more like i don't know there's they have more character in the first one in this one they really are just cartoon lackeys who do the dumbest thing every possible time but they're still they still have the chemistry that they had in the first film. So, like, they're still funny They're great at times. together, yeah. 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 I feel like, and, and it's kind of weird, because, like, I think this movie is a lot darker than the original in a yeah. lot of ways, but mm. I feel like the baddies are less threatening in this one. Yes. Like, th- there's something about, like, Joe Pesci, like, being a cop uh-huh. and impersonating it, being a yeah. cop and getting in the house before anything even starts and having the entire neighborhood schedule planned out like that's way more sinister than just being like oh yeah i'm i, I got loose from the the prison and now i'm in new york city yeah. there's something less intimidating about them in this movie for sure and like i think that he i don't know because like as you said like the planning and stuff that went into the first one it was like pesci was the brains and in this one it's like nobody not neither of them are the brains like they say no. nobody would be dumb enough to rob a, a toy store on Christmas Eve. And then Marv's like, except us. It's yeah, just like, right. they both seem to accept they're idiots, which wasn't a part of the first. Like, Marv is supposed to be kind of dumb or kind of oblivious. But that's not, like, it just, I don't know. It, it felt to me like they cheapened the characters even though the actors are still bringing it and still trying to 
bring you know good comedy to these moments that oftentimes are just a little like why would they do that though like the, mm-hmm. the first one like so many of the traps were set up at points of ingress they're trying to get in they're trying to rob him so setting up the traps there makes all the sense in the world when he sets up his murder house it's like yeah some points of ingress are covered but then a lot of them are just like like why would you walk into the bathroom at all like they they don't need to go into this house at all they can just wait for the kid to come out well they're just trying to murder a child that, yeah that they're trying to sorry over. they're trying to murder a child but he <laughs> then walks it. he then walks into the bathroom which if the kid's hiding in the bathroom it was a small room you don't even have to walk in walks into the bathroom head catches on fire what do you do when your head catches on fire a handstand on the toilet <laughs> a pussy popping handstand exactly he was about to pop that pussy and and the thing is like that's, Saweetie that's, style yeah that's so frustrating because you you're trying to rob a house you go through the window and you step on christmas ornaments understandable yeah you open up a door and it forces a a fire a flamethrower to just start burning your head uh, it would make sense to move immediately he doesn't but that's part of the comedy in this case it's like so contrived again like we want a scene where his head catches on fire again how do we get him to that point i guess he could walk into a bathroom (laughs) what (laughs) well that's the thing that's kind of crazy about this is like ultimately in the first movie kevin is defending his home and when you're a kid all you have is your home and yeah. I don't know about you, but like the thought of like a burglar, like somebody busting into my house when I was a kid, like that scared the shit out of me when it I was is, a kid yeah, because your home is all that you know. Yep. And it's safety. It's where you're supposed to be safe. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So it's like Kevin was not only trying to beat the bad guys, he was literally trying to defend his home. Right. Whereas in this, there's kind of this thinly drawn thing where it's like, okay, these baddies are trying to steal money from this toy store that's supposed to be going to this orphanage. Right. And Kevin really cares about that because you don't mess with kids at Christmas. So that's why he right. wants to beat the bad guys. Uh-huh. So he's got to lure him. Yeah. So he's got to lure him into his uncle H.H. H. Holmes's uh, right. fucking yeah. murder his, hotel. His murder house. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And beat the baddies there. Even though he has a full on tape confession right from marv about their plans to rob the toy store uh-huh. at midnight could just call even the though cops. these are yes even mm-hmm. though these are escaped convicts who have records like they didn't just get out on good behavior or anything like that uh-huh. these are escaped convicts who he could just find any cop on any street corner in new york city and be like hey there's some guys that I know are going to rob a building. They're escaped convicts. I have them on tape right here. Yep. Call the, the fucking uh, prison in Chicago. They'll tell you they're missing these two guys. Yep. I know them. It's the wet bandits from a year ago. I'm the one who busted them. I think maybe what you're missing here is that the movie is saying that Kevin's like, fuck the police. You know, he's, he's a <laughs> cab. He's like, I handle A-cab. this shit myself. I don't do it. Okay. No. The police fucked A-cab? up the, in the first movie, not protecting me. So yeah. 
I'm not doing it. I'm not calling. <laughs> okay, so is he a cab or is he fucking Kyle Rittenhouse being like, I'd love to go people hunting. Yeah, that is it. He is. He wants to murder them. Like they really should have had a scene where he tells the pigeon woman, like, I've helped you with your broken heart or whatever, and now I have to go murder two grown men. <laughs> Even though I could just have other adults whose job is to stop criminals right stop them considering i literally know their plan and they are going to be in the toy place at midnight waiting inside of these houses i know it's going to happen just put two cops right outside you want to i'm going to do it because i want to kill people you want to tie this up real nice and neat all you have to do is have the kid go to two cops standing on a street corner and be like Hey, and as you said, tell them all that stuff and then be like, get out of here, kid. And like, just show the cops not listening to him because that sure. is outlandish. And probably most beat cops wouldn't give a shit anyway. They'd just be like, it's not my job. Well, uh, and again, that would tie into the whole childhood fulfillment thing of being like, grownups don't listen to exactly. me. Could have totally works. just had that. And then like, I, I don't know, like, why not do that just to explain why he didn't go to the cops because the first one gives us all sorts of reasons like he can't call because the phone lines are down then when the cop shows up the previously he saw that that robber dressed as a cop so he's thinking oh it's a robber like there's every reason why he doesn't go to the cops in this there's zero reason and you could just have a short scene where he tries and they don't listen yeah seems that way yeah um, I also want to talk about, and the, okay, so the the murder uh, house that his uh, uncle is obviously trying to put together is um, it doesn't make a lot of sense. There's a there's a, a a big hose coming out of the third floor that is just, I guess, an access point um, if you're small enough. It's like a trash chute, yeah. Yeah, it's like a trash chute, but like <laughs> Kevin just easily climbs up it, and there's a ton of extra room, so it's like I'm pretty sure an adult could probably easily climb up that too. Probably. doesn't seem like the best way to keep uh, people from moving into your house, though I guess if your desire is for people looking for a home, looking for a place to stay away from the elements... Uh, if your desire is to murder them, then you'd have that exact thing going on where it's like, oh. oh, no, don't get in my house. Oh, you got in my house. Huge hole in the floor that leads all the way down to the basement. <laughs> Murdered. Murdered. Yeah. Like, <laughs> he what? comes from a long line of killers, that Kevin McAllister. He does. Yeah. There's clear evidence that like his, his uncle was yeah trying to just kill anybody who was looking for a warm place to stay while he was in France. <laughs> being rich and stuff yeah like he shows up and he's like how many did we get Ooh, four dead people yeah <laughs> i i kind of wonder about this stuff too because you know again this fulfills those beats of like okay now he's got to execute extreme cartoonish violence on these grown-ups that are right. trying to get him must absolutely um, has to do that yep <laughs> has to do that something i kind of wonder about is like our entire childhood's you know, between, yeah, like Looney Tunes and the cartoons that we watched and, and stuff like this. Yeah. Like the the boomers that were writing our entertainment were like, you know what's funny? Violence. Yeah. A lot of People violence. People getting hurt. 
hitting each other. <laughs> but it doesn't really hurt them or nothing. You know, it just it looks like it hurts. Anybody who, uh, you know, tries to spoil your cool plans should be hit with an anvil. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder if, like, kids still think that's funny. Is that a thing or not? Um, I don't know. Like, I don't really watch kids stuff, but the stuff I have seen more recently... Yeah, I don't think violence is is as common, for sure. Like, I don't think it's used as, like, a source of humor as much. Maybe I'm completely wrong here. You know, I I don't have kids. You don't have kids. Maybe we're totally... Yeah, exactly. Maybe there's a lot of kids entertainment that isn't like that. But I know that, like, whenever I've been around my friends that have kids and they're watching, you know, the, the, the shows that kids have on repeat all the time... Yeah. I feel like I see a lot less, you know, yeah, Yosemite Sam getting blown away by his own shotgun kind of stuff than I did yeah. when I was a kid. Yeah, just let us know. Like, uh, is Bluey like, you know, running into the side of a of a a, a cliff that has been painted to look like a tunnel, or you know, does right? Do- Dora ever like get shot at by a Texan? Any of those Flattened things? Flattened by happen? an anvil, something right? like that, blown up with dynamite. <laughs> like, I don't know. Yeah, I don't think that that's as popular now or as normal now. Whereas, yeah, like I I love Looney Tunes uh, because I grew up with them, but it's certainly looking back on it, pretty gruesome a lot of the time. It's weird too because, like, I look back on that stuff, and I I won't say that you know consuming that kind of entertainment in cartoons and shit made me violent or anything as a kid. It certainly right. didn't. But then I'm also looking back on it, and I'm like, wait, you thought that would be entertaining for a kid? Like, what does it say about you? (laughs) Yeah, I do think, like, so much of that sensibility had to do with being transgressive and trying to, like, push animation beyond simply just, like, you know, Steamboat Willie-style stuff. But it also... It really only was aimed at kids. So, like, getting transgressive with stuff that's aimed at kids kind of has to be reined in or, or very, like, not not by someone else, but by the creative needs to be kind of reined in and understood to be, like, you know, kids need... They, they need maybe some wacky violence from time to time, but they also need it put into perspective... And mm-hmm. not just shown constantly as violence, 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 and then the end. We won through a ton of violence. Yay. Well, okay. I'll play my own devil's advocate here and put it this way, too, where it's like, okay, maybe kids aren't watching as many, you know, uh, anthropomorphic, animal, human, uh, funny people in the cartoons getting flattened by anvils, but they are playing like, hey, military murder simulator <laughs> 24-7 on That's Xbox. That's true. Like, that is true. Ugh. Yeah. Like, I don't I don't know where the balancing act there is exactly because, you know, again, like video games and shit that we played when we were kids, does Mortal Kombat look like real life? Um, No. No, we wanted does it to, newest, <laughs> Yeah. Does the newest, like, you know, whatever, Modern Warfare or whatever, look a lot like you're killing people yeah. on the battlefield? It really does. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> like, like, I don't know. I don't know how to balance this. Like, I'm not saying that shit is bad. I'm not condemning yeah. any of that shit. Um, I was smart enough as a kid to know that Doom wasn't 
realistic. Right. Maybe kids now are smart enough to know that shit too. I don't know. I'm just saying this is a lot different now and I don't know how to handle it. Yeah, and this definitely like because, you know, thinking back to cartoons of the day of the 90s, they were still in line with a lot of Looney Tunes as far as the cartoonish violence. So like I would say this isn't going over the top in trying to be cartoonish. It is yeah. very much just reflecting the type of stuff, type of cartoons that were around at that time. So, it, you know, looking back on it now, it seems like over the top with the violence. Like, it starts with a man being hit three times by a brick thrown from the third story of a building. Like, that. You die. Yeah. And watching it now, I'm like, what the fuck? Like, that is brutal. <laughs> Well, so especially much of when this you go on brutal. on YouTube and you look up Home Alone Two with blood, which I <laughs> highly recommend yeah. that you do. Home Alone with blood on YouTube, yeah, it's it's great, great. Yeah, somebody's gone in and added like CGI blood to all those scenes of like, here's what really would have happened, and it is yeah. hilariously gruesome. Yeah, very gruesome. Yeah, and I think yeah, I think they were definitely going for the cartoons of the day. And the cartoons of the of the day were still violent. Um, you know, I, I mean, ninety two. What do you, you've got the Simpsons out? I don't know if Ren and Stimpy has hit yet. Like, there, there's definitely still in the early nineties. There's still a lot of like push for uh, transgressive cartoons and and whatnot. So, yeah, I think it, it's in line with nineties values and the expectations of what children are interested in and watching. And maybe it's just now looking back on it, or maybe it's being a, a full grown adult and thinking like, Oh, how is this being shown to kids? Yeah. Uh, yeah. What adult made this for kids? Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I'll say too, like one thing that I, I kind of hold against this movie is that it's just generally less Christmassy than the original. Like one of the reasons that I like the original so much is that there is this obsessive um, attention to detail with like the set dressing and shit where there is not a frame of that movie that doesn't have green, red or white, like the Christmas colors in it. And in this movie, so much of it is at night in the dark in alleys in this abandoned house it just feels a lot less Christmassy, which is yeah. also kind of weird because, like, there is no more Christmassy place than New York City in oh, December. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, if you go to New York it's City magical. in December, it is. And they didn't capture that. Like, they show the toy store, for sure. They show a snow, which apparently they, uh, they like, covered this area of Central Park in fake snow, and then the next night there was a blizzard. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you got the snow. There's normally like tons of lights up and everything. You know, it's, it's every really storefronts ha- decorated. Yeah, yeah it's really it cool. has that great Christmas feel, and they're not using that. Um, probably because they're not really filming during Christmas, and it would probably be hard to get all those storefronts to do that for them. But that's part of the issue for sure. Because the the first movie, it does it does like all the things to try to make you feel. Christmassy, you got sledding, you got you know the uh, the snow, you got him going to the church and hearing the choir singing, etc. Like little ice skating park scene, ice skating park scene, yeah, like all the things that are kind of like 
traditionally uh, like film language for it's Christmas. And this doesn't do as much of that. Though it does, I mean, you know, the Toy Store bit is good. It's definitely very Christmassy and very much totally. like in line. And you just kind of want more of that for sure to make it Christmassy, to make it feel like the first one does. I agree. And, you know, there's a lot of uh, times in this movie, just like in the first movie, where the soundtrack does a lot of the, the heavy lifting. I think that John Williams' soundtrack in this is... Yeah. Just like the first one, iconic as it is. fuck. The original mm-hmm. stuff that was in Home Alone 1 comes back. All those themes that you recognize instantly. The do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like all those themes that are so fucking iconic are yep. in this. And there's also like a new theme in this one too that I think is extremely awesome. There's some okay. like chord changes going on in, in there that I really want to sit down and figure out because they're really, really neat. But okay. I will say one thing in this that I feel like it lacks is like, okay, after the first movie came out and I watched that as a kid, I cannot hear Peggy Lee's rocking around the Christmas tree without thinking about the party scene in Home Alone 1. Mm -hmm. I cannot hear Run Run Rudolph and not picture the McAllisters running through the airport. No more perfect connection of song and action. Right. Yes. Of like licensed music being connected with that movie. And I feel like this movie does not have that. Like I, no, I don't, it doesn't. I don't hear the cool jerk, and I think about Uncle Frank <laughs> in the shower. For example, I have had it in my head though for the past couple days. Uh, I do think that scene's very funny, and and like the lead up to that scene of like uh, Uncle Frank said not to come in, uh, or you'll like not feel like a man for the rest of your life or whatever. Yeah, because yeah, I mean yeah. Th- because uh, you'll it, see your uncle's large penis, right? And well, hilarious. I mean, I mean, that is funny because, like, as yeah. a kid, I certainly discovered a picture my mom took of uh, her boyfriend getting out of the shower, and I was like, "Oh my <laughs> oh, god, that's a gigantic dick!" <laughs> and now thinking back on it, I'm like, "Hey, he just had a regular sized dick," but I was a kid, so I was like, "What the <laughs> fuck is that?" <laughs> That is fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so like oh, man. that joke to me hits, and then the fact that he is like just such a fucking dork in the shower hits. But yeah, the cool jerk is not. I don't connect it to the. I, honestly, when I hear cool jerk, I think of the Cool Whip commercial. Right. Way totally, above man. Home Alone cool Two. Yep. Yeah. Totally. Like there, there's not those moments in this movie where you're just like, oh man, I associate this Christmas song with Home Alone 2. Right. I don't have that anyway. Maybe no, somebody I don't does, either. but two yeah. out of two people that host this podcast <laughs> do not. So it's true. something there is fucked off, yeah. man. I'll tell you one thing, though, that I really do want to see, and I feel like we're about due for it. Okay. You know, because this movie came out, what'd you say, 1992? Uh-huh. Damn. Okay, so we are decades away from its release. Yeah. I think it's about time that we get a follow-up movie about Fuller uh-huh. and his life as a full-on piss freak. He, yeah, yeah, Fuller is into piss. He's not just like, oh, I accidentally pissed the bed. Like, they talk about it, and he's like, yeah, yeah, dude. He's leaning into it. Uh-huh. Dude, there, there, there's that part in there where... Like they're they're threatening to punish, um, you know, Kevin with yeah, sleeping upstairs or whatever uh-huh. with Fuller, 
And Fuller is like, you'll have to sleep up there with me. And then yeah. he takes a big swig of that Coca-Cola. And he's I'm like, gonna I'm going to piss, piss all you. over you. <laughs> yeah. Like, definitely right now in the real world, uh-huh. Fuller is hosting a, a fans-only page where it's right. like family pissing, for sure. Family pissing only fans with Fuller. I guess, like, it seems like... Cause like his name is Fuller, like it, it's almost like he's he's not just full of piss, he's fuller of piss. Like <laughs> he's not he's not just full of piss, he's about to bust. <laughs> he's about to burst. Yeah. <laughs> God, you know the piss freaks listening right now are like, okay, where's this OnlyFans? Oh, I'm in. I'm in. <laughs> yeah. So let's go ahead and search that right now. Yeah. <laughs> Have fun. I mean, Fuller's you know, hope definitely you find it. into it. Yeah, he's yeah. Devil. You know, if that's what you're into, but there's definitely a movie. Yeah, where 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 Fuller has like embraced this identity as like, oh, I'm the one that pisses on people. <laughs> you know, John Hughes did have a have plans for a Home Alone three, and he, you know, he he did end up writing what became Home Alone three in '97, but it doesn't involve any of the the original cast. He did want to do Teenage Kevin and and have him home alone. And that definitely, I feel like, would have had a, a different vibe and probably would have been aimed at the teens who grew up with Home Alone 1 and Home Alone 2. Sure, yeah. Yeah. that And that he that's the thing. John, like In my mind, if they had done that and had leaned into John Hughes's uh, you know, much more well-known ability to write teenage dialogue and deal with teenage problems home alone 3 could have been really good that's true could have been a winner for sure that was more in his wheelhouse honestly for sure yeah but yeah that that didn't happen because macaulay culkin retired from acting uh wisely he had enough money and never needed to do it again he's really good at it as a kid he was really really good at it so he could come back if he wanted to but why he's got money he doesn't need to i understand it completely I'll say, too, I think that his acting chops definitely came up in this movie. Yeah, he's um, better. Watching he better. The, the two movies back-to-back like we did, uh, there's a lot of parts in part one where you're like, okay, this definitely feels like a kid's first time on camera. But in this movie, I think he is definitely a lot more aware of the camera, a lot more li- uh, aware of his lines and dialogue. I think that he's kind of grown as a, a kid actor in this movie. Yeah, definitely. Like, he... he- he really does well in the scenes with the the pigeon lady, like because those are you know supposed to be the more serious scenes, and he hasn't had he hasn't had the scenes like he had with the shovel grandpa um, because of the writing. So when he gets to that scene, he does a really good job as an actor of falling into empathy. Like he he listens to. Like, cause she has kind of that, uh, you know, monologue there for a bit and he listens to that and brings in his like little kid perspective as, and you can just see like, he's doing a lot of good face acting and a lot of good, like reacting to what he's being told that he wasn't as good at in the first one. And he definitely improved a lot. I think in that year, totally agree, man. And that's that's an interesting character and a weird beat in this movie where it's like doesn't okay, make sense. Yeah. <laughs> no. Like in the first one, yeah, he encounters this this old man, the the South Bend shovel slayer. Right. Who 
you know, first time he meets this kid is like he looks at him like I'm definitely about to murder you, child. Right. Whereas who the turns out to lady, be a nice guy when he first sees her, just looks like I'm just a lady who likes pigeons, and he's like, oh, I'm scared as fuck, and it's like, of, of what? <laughs> <laughs> it's just a lady with some pigeons. Well, I mean, honestly, he should have been scared. Those are just fucking sky rats, dude. New York pigeons are disgusting. <laughs> Don't let okay. Mike Tyson hear you say that. Oh, he's upset. a fan, huh? Yeah, he raises pigeons. He's he's raised pigeons for a long time. Huh. They're yeah. gross. They're they, really yeah, gross. Yeah. No, I, I definitely uh, understand what you're getting at there, because uh, that, that is true. But yeah, his reaction to her isn't, like, earned. It's not warranted. It is really just they wanted Shovel Grandpa again. Um, the but does he is solve great. her problems like he does no. Shovel Grandpa? Because like at the end of Home Alone, it's like yeah, he's had this heart to heart with uh, with the Shovel Slayer Jesus guy uh-huh. who has stigmata uh-huh. and has been like, hey, you should soften up and make amends with your son and, and he does granddaughter. Yeah, yeah, and it's like he hugs his granddaughter. And it's like okay, cool. Also, you make enough money to live in this rich ass neighborhood, so. He's fine. You're not yeah. that bad off. Yeah, he's doing okay. Yeah. Meanwhile, in this movie, he's like, oh, lady who has no house. Right. In New York in the freezing-ass cold. Right. Here's an ornament. <laughs> I'll Problem have solved. You'll have the other. And neither like, the hey, twain shall meet. What? Yeah. I know you don't have a family anymore, nor a house, um, I'm just visiting here, so we're friends for like two hours. Here's an ornament. Hey, I'm going back home. I'll never see you again. Yep. Problem solved. <laughs> no solution whatsoever. But it seems almost like, does she need a solution? I understand she says she doesn't have a house, but she seems to be living pretty well at Carnegie Hall. And I guess like she did a lot of practice because she's living there. Not just there. She's living I there. I forgot about that. Like, I, I somehow managed to forget about this every time that I watch this movie, the Carnegie mm-hmm. Hall thing. Yeah. Yeah. And it's it's like, it, I, like, I started to think, is she homeless or is she an eccentric rich person? Right. Who's just like, look, I'll pay you to stay up here in the Carnegie Hall. Just don't, like, I don't want it furnished. I don't want you to move anything. I just want to live right here. And you leave me alone, and they're like, "Okay, whatever, Miss Vanderbilt." Or like, it's right. It, it doesn't make sense at all. Like, because she's clearly not homeless. If she lives there, she's got a home. Hmm. Yeah. I. It, I. So what's the, the character deal makes there? no sense. It makes no. Sense. It's like, and it's such a like gendered character too, where a man broke up with her and she couldn't have kids, so she just gave up on life. <laughs> so what are you gonna do just quit yeah oh, i don't have a child might as well fucking die <laughs> <laughs> what guess That's i'll have ridiculous. burbs instead i don't know right it's so silly i yeah don't know why they went with that hmm other than just fulfilling this was a beat in the original yeah so remember we the have, original we here's, have to do it again here's that yep you know it's kind of weird though Correct me if I'm wrong. Maybe I forgot about this. Like, to me, when I think about the original Home Alone, like, one of the absolute most iconic bits that was imitated by every kid our age and also imitated on the boxes of all those half-assed piece-of-shit sequels after this, 
kids slapping their cheeks and going, ah. Yeah. Was there a part in this where he did that? Uh, No, but there's a cut scene where he did it. Really? Yep. Was it after he had, uh, uh, he had been filling a toilet full of kerosene? <laughs> no, it was before that. It was in the early montage. Yeah, no, I like, I, I don't know what made them cut that. Why were they, were they like, oh, that's too far? <laughs> like, what? That seems Everything like that's like else the is thing. repeated. Just go for it. <laughs> like, that's kind of like the joke from this. I mean, like, that was even imitated in like Robin Hood Mid and Tights and shit. Yeah, uh-huh. That that was the big like cultural relevant element to uh, Home Alone was the the slap the old hands and scream, uh, but yeah they 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 shot it it was originally going to be huh. in this they just took it out because I guess they thought maybe they was I mean honestly I wonder if they were just like no nah, it's played out like people are doing it all over the place if we do it it'll just be like too much which That's is beyond the pale. I mean, I can I can get I can get that that might just be a little over the line, like the the straw that broke the camel's back, where everybody would just be like, "Okay, this is just the original movie." But there's so much else that's just the original movie that yeah. like, I don't know that it would have hurt to just include it. <laughs> yeah, well, this is the same movie where like the entire impetus for how his mom knows where to find him <laughs> in one of the most populous cities yeah. in North America is like, oh, way earlier in the movie, Kevin's like, I like Christmas trees. And his mom is like, you fucking weirdo, idiot kid. <laughs> What's with Christmas trees in you? Christmas trees. Yeah. This fucking child that I made likes Christmas <laughs> trees. What an idiot. Where oh, is he's my in baby York- boy Buzz to kiss? What? Yeah, I, I bet that Kevin will be at the biggest tree because he loves trees. <laughs> yeah, it's really bad. It's so bad. Like, what a the- like underdeveloped premonition of something that's gonna come in contact with the movie later. Like, they totally overdo the talk boy yeah. thing. But then earlier, like in two lines, it's like, "What's with you and Christmas trees?" <laughs> anyway, I know where to find him. He'll be at the tree. <laughs> yeah, it's dumb. I I don't as an adult watching this movie I realize it is not for me. It is not meant for me. But uh trying to look at it critically and look at the audience it is for I it, I feel like it's talking down to them. I feel like it assumes children are way dumber than they are. I I mean the movie made a bunch of money, but it didn't make as much as the first one. So, obviously, there was a bit of word of mouth with parents, I would think, where it was just like, it's just the same damn movie. Like, wait till it comes out on video. Right, yeah. Um, But, you know, it still did make $360 million. God damn. It still made a a ton of money. It was like the third highest grossing film of the year. So, you know, it, it can't really be considered a failure if it has, like a ton uh, like a whole generation of people that have nostalgia for it to the point that they a lot of people think it is better than the first one including the director of the film chris columbus thinks that the second is better than the first one um and you know the the fact that like you know the the movie 
being aimed for kids and succeeding in that way kind of means like, you know, my perspective on it doesn't really matter because it's not for me. And it hit so perfectly for people at the time. So it's like it was it was successful with its audience and it doesn't need to please me. It doesn't need to worry about what I think about it. So on that front, the movie succeeds. I, I can't argue with its success and how people feel about it. I can say from my own perspective, I think it's really bad. Like not, not to the point of like, I hate watching it, but yeah. I, I do find myself irrationally angry at certain points where it's just like, what is this fucking bird lady for? Just get her out of there. <laughs> Why don't they just shoot the kid or just shoot run the, the fuck away? Like, dude, if, if you were a recently escaped wet bandit who decided to become a, a sticky bandit for no relevance of the plot. Right. Anyway, the mm-hmm. whole wet bandit thing fit in the first movie because it allowed sticky them to bandits tie. Sticky bandits doesn't fit all, at all. Yeah. It allowed the cops to tie all the other robberies to these guys. Right. So that way they're definitely fucked. Yeah. The sticky bandit thing never pays Marv off. Marv found a roll whatsoever. of tape at some point between the, the back of a fish truck and the subway and was like, what if I put this on backwards? It'll make it easy for me to steal scarves, I guess. Yeah. What? <laughs> okay. What if we find out, though? What if there's like another cut of the movie where what we find out is his entire plan is that he's like he's one of those excreter types where he does a crime and like robs a house and then he like just jerks off on something and he's like yeah we're the sticky bandits <laughs> uh, uh. that would have you know? been great for this movie <laughs> <laughs> what if that was a thing it would be funny as hell like I'd be rewatching it and going like what the fuck I don't hey, these guys this. are fucked up <laughs> we also should talk about how like this is very much like it's almost like the the like perfect example of a pre 9-11 movie because of how the the uh airplane sequence has to all play out but then also because he goes to the twin towers and gets on top of them and yeah after 9-11 apparently when they showed it on tv they cut those scenes out where he's, and it's like i don't know how that's respectful to pretend yeah. that the towers didn't exist previously they were never there is not yeah. respectful at all that's disrespectful i think like why would they do probably that? yeah we were treading new waters at that point i think we were all pretty unsure of how the fuck to handle that but yeah you're, you're right it's like it's probably worse to act like they never existed i guess it is it is far worse because like you know it, it is funny not funny i don't know it is how to how to describe every time i see the twin towers in older movies i always just kind of say too soon like to myself because i think it's funny too soon that we're yeah. seeing the twin towers because that was to me that was like one of the weirdest reactions to 9-11 that I saw culturally was that everything became too soon. Anything about the twin towers was too soon to the point that we cut them out of movies where they, nothing happened to them. He just stood on top of one. 
Sure, it was, it was a landmark. I mean, it was yeah. no different than seeing the Statue of Liberty or whatever. Yes, exactly. So, like, yeah, we had this huge reaction that just was like, we said we wanted to remember it, but then did everything we could to forget it. It was weird. Yeah. Seems like a weird way to handle that. Yeah. Probably nobody expected 9-11 talk on a Home Alone 2 episode. Sure did. I, I just wanted to bring it down. Uh, well, well, maybe over not two and a half hours in. or AC <laughs> Slater getting a lap dance. There's all kinds of twists and turns in this thing. It's <laughs> true. You know, you learn yeah. a lot when you listen to the show. That's why people tune in. Exactly. I think I think the movie is long. It's two hours and does not need to be. Because here's the thing: is like even though all the stuff with Tim Curry is is cool and he's great. Uh huh. What would happen if you cut all of it? Nothing. Nothing would happen. Like you could you could just entirely cut the idea of yeah, a concierge trying to get this catch this kid entirely and focus more on the issues between him and the the sticky bandits because it's like it's like the first hour of the movie is about resolving the issues in the hotel and the second hour of the movie is about resolving the sticky bandits issue. It takes a while to get those wheels turning. It, it really, really does. does. Yeah, and there's it, yeah, there's no need for all that. Not that I would want them to cut out Tim Curry, but it feels like in the pre-production bit they should have been like, "Don't think we need all this. Not necessary." Mhm. But it does yeah. lead to a lot of comedy. So, eh, you know, I can understand, especially because Tim Curry is so good. He's the best part of the movie, I think, other than Macaulay Culkin and Catherine O'Hara, who are both awesome. Um, I think, yeah, even though that element isn't fully necessary, it is still really good. That's kind of the problem with this, like yeah. with me, is like I, I have a lot working against a rating of this movie for me where I'm like, okay, I, I have the nostalgia drug for right. sure. I was of the age that this was definitely targeting. Mm-hmm. Uh, Macaulay Culkin's great in this. Catherine mm-hmm. O'Hara is fucking great in this. Yep. Tim Curry is fucking great in this. Um, You know, again, the, the, the Sticky Bandits, fantastic. Yep. The soundtrack, the uh, original music uh-huh. in this is fantastic. There's a lot in this that is definitely pulling on my heartstrings in a lot of ways. Like, again, it is one that I I don't watch intently every year, but I do have it on. Yeah, almost almost every year. Okay, you know. So, so yeah, I mean, like you're you're definitely like you're in the camp that like I'm feel like i'm addressing of people who have every reason to love this movie and i just want to tell the people who love this movie why i don't love it but i fully understand why someone would have such a connection to it if it hit at the right time because it is the same as the movie that i saw two years earlier that hit at the right time when i was nine years old it was really perfect to see home alone so by the time I'm 11, yeah, I'm not as interested in, in these things. I'm interested in, oh, one day I'm going to be in high school and girls and whatnot. Um, I'm going to be in girls, you were I'm saying back be, then. I, I would say that all the time. I'd be like, I'm going to be in girls. And then I'd be like, <laughs> I don't know what that means. 
uh, I but, heard a big boy say it. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I definitely would never take anyone's joy away. But when talking about the film, you know, excluding nostalgia and stuff, there are so many problems with it. <laughs> it's just like, yeah. I, I don't think for me, it's, it's it hasn't been on regular rotation, and I don't think it will enter regular rotation ever for me unless you know somebody uh you know somebody brings a baby into this home for some reason and it's like i think they should see home alone too i just yeah i don't i don't see it coming Make up Make this baby watch the movie <laughs> watch the movie baby that's a really weird person you have in your home steve they do things different out in portland they, well listen yeah yeah i don't know if you heard about this they got the the it's a service they have where they knock on random doors and they say, let this baby watch a movie. Not that <laughs> this one. This is a baby that's in need of watching Home Alone 2, sir. <laughs> it's the baby, holidays. Have a heart. This baby knows nothing of violence. Won't you teach it? <laughs> <laughs> they do stuff a little different out there. They do. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I, I. this is the first christmas a movie we've covered in christmas that i'm not going to give a great rating to i think i may have given a 10 to everything we've done on christmas i think so i mean yeah. home alone die hard lord of the rings trilogy those yeah are i can't see what wouldn't have gotten a 10 but this i can't possibly even consider to be a, a perfect uh christmas movie it's man i ugh. it is not better than average to me oh so, uh, yeah. you're going uh below uh autopsy of jane doe rating yeah yeah yeah. i'd much rather watch autopsy of jane doe than this is it uh, better than jurassic park 3 you're going with the asa rating oh whew. it is better than jurassic park 3 by okay i was gonna say bit. jesus yeah. dude come on it's definitely it fucking is. better. Come yeah it's way better than and so like yeah it's a little below average for me so i will say rating this i give it a four and a half Okay. still watchable not yeah. not like and there's definitely a lot to enjoy uh just like uh, autopsy of jane doe but it doesn't um it doesn't hit all the buttons of the original for me in uh, uh like not in the way of like it doesn't repeat all the buttons of the original it certainly does that but it doesn't hit the christmas buttons it doesn't feel organic and believable um, the comedy is often very good, but um, it, I don't know. It's just never. It's never going to be one of those like classic Christmas movies for me. Sure. Yeah. I, I totally get it, and I think it's amazing just the difference that it makes with us being you know age wise separated yeah, by just a, a couple few of years. years. Yeah. <laughs> it's you not know, that I, big I of a difference, this, but it is. No. Yeah. Well, I was having this conversation recently with a bunch of people where, like, I, I recently posted on on Facebook where I was like, no band irritates me faster than system of a down i i I cannot stand that band like they just fucking irritate me to listen to yeah and that led to conversations with a bunch of people that are around my age that just never never got into that band and also like never got into like like slipknot um yeah no it's it's amazing right and (laughs) it's like we were just a few years maybe even just a year or two too old to get into some of that stuff it's true yeah. Um, same thing as like Pokemon and shit like that. Like I've yeah. never touched a Pokemon anything because I was just 
barely aged out of that shit, even though it was massive and a global phenomenon. Yeah, it it's was. incredible what a difference it is from being, you know, 10 to being 12 was right. at that yeah. age. Like, and then 12 to 18 is just like this gigantic leap. So much shit colossal. happens in between. Yeah. It, yeah. There's, there's so many things like that. Yeah. And I also, yeah, never was into Pokemon, though I did play Pokemon Go when everybody was that one summer and it was really fun. That um, was kind of different. You know, that was yeah, a weird it was. Year. It was yeah. yeah. It was a weird year. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think you're right that those like, tiny little like differences in in years are very much like like they change everything about what you might get into it feels like because i couldn't get into new metal rap rock shit i could not get into it at all but it was very popular when i was like a, a you know sophomore junior senior in high school and there were other kids who were way into it it just couldn't it I couldn't give a fuck about it. And th- so then everything that came off of that, I never cared about. I didn't. Yeah. System of a down. Don't give a shit. I don't want to hear right. it. <laughs> like go <No>. away. <laughs> it's so strange. Like, like imagine being like, I-, I never got into Lord of the Rings. That shit came out when I was like 23. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. That would be weird. Like, it's really weird. But you know, this kind of movie that's definitely catered towards that, absolute childhood fantasy of like i could make it on my own even in a big city and i'd go do all the cool things and see the cool things and buy pizza and ice cream and toys and the grown-ups don't know what they're talking about and i could i could beat them up like yeah this kind of childhood fantasy fulfillment thing i think definitely you know was aimed at me at just the right age so I definitely liked this more than you did whenever it came out. And I, I, I still do. Yeah. Uh, lots of problems with it. It's still fucking fun to talk about on a podcast. Oh, absolutely. Like th- this isn't one of those ones where I'm like, man, doing this for the show has ruined this movie for me, as we've nah, done with many other movies. Yeah, it definitely shouldn't, I don't think. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I, I still enjoy this, and I will probably end up watching it next year. I'll have it on while I'm fucking practicing guitar or some shit. Uh-huh. I'm going to say it's like a it's like a 7 for me, okay. I think. You know? I think that's fair. I think uh, you know, we probably have listeners who would say it's a 10. Oh yeah, uh, for sure. And that's totally fair and acceptable cuz I I I think the first home alone is better and tighter and like better as a story with better characterization, but totally. that may just off also be nostalgia that I give it so much credence because it, it is did better. hit me no, at the better. exact right time. Yeah, yeah. There's just something about that first one that it, that is just so so magical. Like, yeah, it I, is. I, and I do think a lot of it is the fact that every frame of that movie is saturated with it's Christmas. Very like, Christmas, yeah. Jeez, dude. Like after you learn about that, like after you learn that, like oh no, every frame contains the Christmas colors, and you watch it and you try to prove it wrong. Like surely there's some frame of this movie that doesn't have green and red in it. You'd be wrong. You every would fucking be wrong. scene does. Yeah. Uh, this movie definitely has less of that for sure. Yeah. Yeah. That sucks. But still hey. enjoy it. Still brings joy. Yeah, and and I I, I truly hope that uh, any absolute Home Alone two fanatics don't come at me. Uh, <laughs> get them, guys! Get them! Just just don't come by on Wednesday at two thirty. I got a person coming by with a baby. I have to show Home Alone two too. So 
as is I'll tradition. Be busy. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, a thing. It's definitely a thing. Well, you guys let us know what you think about this one uh, on our Facebook group. It's a great place to hang out. It's the only reason to be on Facebook anymore because it's a horrible place to be. But it is. it's a great place to be hanging out in our group. Always enjoy hanging out with you guys on there and seeing the fun stuff that you guys are posting up and sharing with us. Uh, also, follow us on our other social medias, Instagram, Twitter, all that shit. Find our Linktree page. Mm-hmm. You'll find all the ways to connect with us as well as a link to our Patreon page where yeah. you can give us dollar paper. Patreon.com forward slash dead and lovely. Head on over there. Get access to our exclusive Patreon episodes. And if you become a $5 patron, you get to throw a movie into the smoking bowl and we draw from that smoking bowl and then we review that movie, which we're going to do next week. So stay tuned to our social media to find out what we're going to be covering for the last week of 2022. Oh my goodness gracious. I hope that it's a good one. The Patreon picks are usually uh, yeah, they're great. stone cold winners. So uh-huh. hopefully we'll close out 2022 with a banger that was selected out of the old smoking bowl by those who are the most loyal and lovely supporters that we have over on the Patreon page. So Hell yeah. yeah, tune in next week. We'll find out what it is. Hopefully it is a good one. And I hope that you guys have had a a lovely December to remember. Toyota-thon, uh, Honda days. What else do we have, right? Uh, December to dismember. That was an ECW oh. pay-per-view, I think. Oh, tight. That's cool. <laughs> Hanukkah, whatever you do. Oh, right, know. yeah. December to dismember, Hanukkah, you know, whatever. <laughs> whatever it is that you're into, you know? <laughs> Hopefully you guys have had a good one. Everybody's out there staying uh, healthy, wealthy, and wise, washing your hands and your ass. Mm -hmm. Good things to do, for sure. That's right. And uh, be sure to tune in next week, where I will be Uncle Ben. And I will be a new thing. You just wait. But right now, I'm Hollywood Steve. Bye. Okay. All right. And we'll be dead and lovely. We'll catch you guys then. Keep the change, animal. Wait, so he says to, it, isn't it? <laughs> you talking like animal from from the Muppets? Keep change, animal. <laughs> it's more like that, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> right. I really want Home Alone now with Animal as Kevin. Sure, why not? <laughs> Go with it. Yeah, it makes Go sense. Okay, bye. <laughs>Ben, earlier today, I get this text um, that I I swear, like, it says, what do you think of my makeup, honey? And then it has a picture that seems very clearly pulled from the internet. Is like I, a, a beautiful lady, right? Yeah, yeah. Hot, okay. A very attractive woman. Um, and I get this, and I'm like, okay, yeah, I know, I know what this is, obviously. Yeah, scam, yeah. Yeah, so I was... I was just like, my answer to that was, can I send you my banking information and social security number, please? I really need you to have it. (laughs) Yeah, before you ask, let me just go ahead and fork this information over. Routing Uh, numbers, etc. Yeah, to which they replied, what? (laughs) And I replied, huh? Huh? And and I was like, fucking nailed it. And I was like, ready to block the, the number or whatever. And then right before that happened, I get this text from them. It says, Maria, are you crazy? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, shit. (laughs) 
so I just said, you have the wrong number, and then blocked them. Oh. <laughs> I didn't want to follow up. I was like, fuck, You just kind of had to bow out of that one. Yeah. Oh, shit. <laughs> I really thought I caught a scammer, and it just turns out I caught somebody with the wrong number. I did Aww. like, I was like, maybe they're just fucking around. Maybe they're like, oh, I got caught. I'll pretend. So I did a yeah, reverse yeah. image search on the image. No results. It's, oh, a, it's, man. A, it's most likely just a picture they took of themselves where they look really pretty and they wanted to tell their <laughs> friend Maria. God damn it. <laughs> and then they're going to talk to Maria later and be like, I sent my picture to somebody else. I had a wrong number. They thought I was a robot. <laughs> Maria's going to be like, what? How could they think that? You said a natural <laughs> thing. Like, what do you think of my makeup, honey? <laughs> well, but then the problem is, is that Maria doesn't even think about it and there's a robot in the room with her and that robot's like what's so wrong about looking like a robot <laughs> maria you have hurt my lack of feelings <laughs> and that's how the matrix starts that's it the me that's that robot and he just immediately is like must destroy humanity <laughs> <laughs> Matrix Origins, starring Hollywood <laughs> Steve Spratling and Maria. Maria, God damn it! I I really like. I I hope it is just uh, an actual like scammer, just really trying to pull out that no, 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 I'm not a scammer. No, no, totally not. No, I thought you were Maria. <laughs> Obviously, but if it if it isn't a scammer and it's it's just somebody who's very confused and pretty, I'm sorry. Sorry. <laughs> Maybe they're listening right now and they're like, holy shit. That, that was Hollywood was, Steve. Hollywood Steve. I know Hollywood Steve's number. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. Well, it was too bad you started the Matrix, but it made for a good story. It definitely did. <laughs> Worth it.